1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. (laughs) Our guest this week grew up in South Bay, was part of an all-star local crew, including Chris Frohoff, Ted Robinson, and Kelly Gibson. Dude, dynamic right there. There was pretty... Superstars of the South Bay. (laughs) He spent his early years as a pro surfer traveling the world on the ASP tour, now it's WSL. But it uh, must have been his good looks or the crew he hung with, because like other surfers we've interviewed, this guy also subsidized his income. With, <laughs> Diversified the portfolio with yeah, some blue, appearing, blue steel? Appearing in some <laughs> national television commercials, <laughs> maybe, maybe something else, I don't know, we'll dive into that. And with years of being on both sides of the lens and having love for photography, a visionary eye and an artistic background, it is no surprise that he created a successful photography business. His credits include compelling magazine covers, celebrity editorials, fashion, music, and even had a Grammy Award nomination for an album cover for for Tool. Anima? Anima? I don't know. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Is it anime? 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 Japanese anime. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, we welcome the most talented right here, Jeff. No nickname? Novi. Novi? <laughs> yes, Novi. Novak, thanks. Welcome Woo! to the show. Thank you, guys. Novi. Dude, how many covers have you did you get back in the day? Well, I guess I, I got the one on surfing, one on a French mag, and one on action sports that Sick. I know of. <laughs> Which, hey. Was it action sports like retailer? Something like that, yeah. 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 No, I... Or, or no, it was Wave Action. Action now. Oh. No, no, that Action Sports. Retailer? Because there's, there's remember oh. Action Now magazine? Oh, yeah, Action Now. Yeah, it's a vague memory. 
We got to call him Gerlach. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, you guys did your homework. <laughs> Why does a good job of uh, investigative reporting? Nice. Well, you That's got, all he does, though. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, you know? Let's dive into it. All right. So, Where growing up in South Bay? Yeah, grew up in South Bay, yeah. How did you uh, get into surfing? You know, I was really into motocross, and I was... I had like start off with like the little Honda fifty and then an XR seventy five. Oh, that's a good question. Might be young. Yeah, young, young. We where the Manhattan Village Mall is was rabbit fields and there was jumps and berms and every day after school I was out there going for it and then I ended up getting an XR seventy five. I started to race it. Before surfing. Before surfing. So, so it must have been like eight, nine, ten, like around in there. Okay. And now <clears throat> did you grow up? In Manhattan that yeah, whole time? Yeah, I grew up in Manhattan. Okay. I think prior to that, I was probably riding like surf mats and those little styrofoam things. Mm. And I remember body surfing a lot. I remember standing on those things yeah. prior. I mean, that's what you do when you go down to the beach. You do, yeah. you do, you fuck yeah. around with everything, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, Build sand but castles. Surfing was pretty big, and there's surfers in the water, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like a lot of guys didn't wear leg ropes back then. and we would get like a couple of whitewash rides before they're gone. Hey kid, give me my board. Yeah. <laughs> Strider Strider used to do that too. When he, he did. Was yeah. Yeah. Told yeah. us about it. Somebody would lose their board. Then he'd hop on it and the, kind of run away from a little bit, try and get a couple of ways. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think I got my first hard board at 11. Okay. Yeah. And was that like a, a give, hand me down or was it a give me? No. Like, well, so going back to the original story, I think my dad was worried that I might get hurt motor, motocross riding. Mm. And we were having lunch one day. He goes, those guys look like they're having fun. I go, yeah. He's like, would you try that? I go, yeah. So I got a Corky Carroll space stick. Nice. Corky yeah. Carroll space stick. Yeah. I remember that was my first board. And uh, and he was the man. Where did you get it? Uh, well, I don't even know. I think I, I think it showed up at, at Christmas or something. No way. Yeah. Or maybe I went to the show. I got my memory's not the best. <laughs> but you're like I do remember it got ripped off though. Oh shit! But you're yeah. like eleven. You get this board. Yeah, You've already been standing up on a. Yeah. So maybe your friends were like surfing. I remember having one friend. Actually, his name was Kenny McQuellen. I left a board at his house, and I remember we surfed together for maybe just about a year. And he's going, "Hey, I'm going to surf in a contest. You should come with me." I'm like. Okay. And it was at Huntington, actually. Wow. And I remember uh, I got second. I'm like, oh, that was fun. And huh. just kind of start getting into it. But it was like maybe after, I think I was still like 11 or 12. WSA yeah. or something? Or Probably who knows? Something there, like I mean, there was a lot of it, contests. Isn't it a trip, though, like for for you living by the beach, right? Yeah. You live, you live close to the beach. Yeah. And, and not like getting into it early. Earlier, yeah. I mean, how many people do we know that live right here where we live and they don't surf? I mean, it's it's not. I you would think it's as more common than it is, you know, than it is. I don't. It trips me out though because people that excel in surfing, yeah, usually start younger. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like it, somebody like him, you go, oh yeah, he he lived at the beach. He must have started like six or seven or you well, know what I mean I remember, yeah. I remember hearing that you know Curran started around five or six or something like that yeah. but you know his dad was a surfer his dad was a surfer I think yeah. if you have a father that's into the ocean it's a yeah. surfer 
or even a mother or whatever, but yeah. bringing you there. And that was a really small crew back then. Though. Yeah. Like, you know, like the pioneers, like Pat was, you know, Kern was like a pioneer of early, like, yeah. Why Mayo Charger, like he was a hardcore surfer. Hardcore. Yeah. 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 So, you, yeah, those don't come around. My dad surfed, but I, I wasn't forced upon me. Like, he, yeah, you know. Right. I, my, my dad was kind of busy. He had a valve company there doing air pressure release valves. And he was, my parents divorced when I was one or two. So I was kind of with my mom you know skating surfing but i don't i think i maybe didn't start getting a hard board earlier because i don't know just doing other things motocross whatever and uh, you know organized sports and stuff whatever your friends at school are into and yeah i remember one of my neighbors i went out surfing with him once and he's just like oh yeah you do this 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 and i'm like oh okay and then after that i was just on my own <laughs> yeah it wasn't like now where you're going to surf school you're going to a lifeguard class yeah it wasn't really like that. Yeah, yeah. there was pro- definitely less surfers back then. Mm, but in the a... beach community, it seemed like there would be more, you know what I mean? More yeah. surfers and your your friends would be into... Because Moto, you know, that that's like so different from... Really different. Yeah. And but I, but I, the kids too, like, <clears throat> it's super intimidating, you know, like the ocean. You know, and if you don't have somebody pushing you or somebody like my eight-year-old dude, like he likes the beach, he yep. likes going down there, but he doesn't want to surf and he won't go past like waist deep. Oh, really? You know, like he's just like not there yet. Yeah. So I'm like, whatever. You know. I remember it was probably when I was like maybe eleven or twelve, uh, surfing with some friends. We had a sandbar. We're surfing in the afternoon, and you know, there's those heavy rips, and I think my leash snapped or something, and I was kind of getting sucked out to sea, and the lifeguard helped me out a bit, and. He's going. Do you know what to do when you're in when you're in a riptide? I'm like, swim in. He's like, no, you swim to the side. Yeah. Like, no one ever told me. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then they're talk, talking to my parents. They're going, you know, he should learn this stuff. I'm like, yeah, no one told me any of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the, the importance of yeah, not drowning is you know, yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, big priority. So yeah. you you uh you're into motocross motorbike. Yeah, at XR seventy five, I was racing guys around the track. I remember there was this one, it went straight and it was like a tabletop. And I used to hit the thing and fly so far. I think I was kind of a bit crazy when I was younger. And maybe it's a good thing that I transitioned more into surfing. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how I was going to say, like, a motorbike at 10 years old is so much more dangerous than... So much more dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> than yeah. surfing, right? And, and, you know, you have to, you know, once, if you want to start competing or go... Right, real tracks. You got to drive pretty far. Yeah, you know. I was lucky. I would go down these train tracks, and we'd go underneath this bridge, and it would just spit us out into this track, which is now a huge mall. You would never even know it was ever there. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. I I think about that because I I was looking at the numbers a while back, and the population in California is more than doubled in my lifetime, probably yours too. Yeah. But it's it's insane how different things are now. Yeah. 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 A lot of fields back in the day. A lot of yeah, pretty everywhere. Rural. Empty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, on the Strand in the South Bay, it was like there's a lot of empty lots and stuff. Yeah, yeah they're all just giant McMansions and so McMansions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a. It reminds me of like a rich person's favela. Yeah, yeah. Because they're all on top of each other, yeah. you can almost reach out. Four, to your four, four stories. You got your sliver of land is so small, but yeah, they're they're pretty. Yeah, three up, one pretty. down, or whatever it is, and then you know like. It's crazy how everything just, if it's by the beach, they're going to build something on it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then things that they could do back in the day, they can't do now, yeah. too. So, yeah. Yeah. So, how, how did you find surfing? Like, did one of your friends go, hey, let's go surfing? Or... <laughs> Yes, I, I wish I could remember. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I know I was a water kid. Yeah. My mom was always going like, I can never get him out of the ocean. I can never get him out of the pool. But like, I just need to be by water. Yeah. You know? And it was your dad that said, hey, instead of moto, let's get you in a, on a surfboard. Yeah. And you got the Corky Carroll Space Dicks. Yeah, got that, surfed that for a while. And I think... What, and was it a single fin? Uh, yeah, I think they were all single fins back yeah. then. Yeah. Did you have airbrush? Yeah, it had color and stuff. Yeah. I remember it was a pretty cool... It was a diamond tail. Yeah. Single fin. That, did you know who Corky Carroll was or... I knew he was kind of something in surfing, but I didn't know that much about yeah. him really. Yeah. If it has his name on it, you know, it's like, you know, like it's not a board brand. It's actually a surfer, yeah. you know, but that... Yeah. Were, were you into like the whole culture yet or like getting in the magazines and... Well, at that age, when I first started, I don't think I really thought about it that much. I just liked having fun riding waves. But, And then when I, I went with my friend and surfed in that contest in Huntington, I think I got the bug pretty quick. Really? Yeah. How would your friend do? Do you remember? I, I think I did better than him, and he felt a little weird about that. He was like, why did I bring him? <laughs> You're not coming anymore, Novi. Yeah. you got to make your own way down there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> trophy in a goodie bag and beating your buddy, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> How are the waves in Huntington for that? Do you remember? I have no recollection. But you made the final. Yeah, I got second. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> was it a WSA or like... Uh... It, I'm guessing it was either WSA or back then ASA was kind of like... I remember surfing a lot of ASAs. Okay. Yeah. So um, so you got the bug. Yeah. Um, did you ride the space sticks in that? Uh, that's a good question too. That I can't recall. I remember I had that for a while. It got stolen. I, right? It got stolen at the pier. These guys were watching it, and we went to get a piece of pizza. And I came back, and it was gone. And they're going, I don't know. I didn't see anything. Like, oh sucks. my gosh, that's yeah. devastating. Yeah. yeah. And then I got some big like honeycomb thing, like a use board that I was riding for a while. After that, I don't even remember what it was. I remember it was like sort of hollow with honeycomb or something like. What a trip! Back yeah. Then, huh? Also a sing yeah. single fin. Yeah. 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 After that, I, I don't, I don't remember what I rode during that little period, but uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember. I was getting a lot of ET surfboards shaped by Gumby back then. What? Yeah. That was like, that was the spot. I remember having one Rick surfboard from Rick's back then, but and uh, yeah. Was that your guys' local hangout? Was ET a spot? ET was definitely a hangout spot. Yeah, yeah. And, he, yeah. and Eddie Talbot was like the—he still is one of the nicest human beings ever. And For sure. Yeah. That place is so—it's such a gem. Like yeah. you know, such you go in there and it's just like—it still has a lot of its, its charm. Character. Yeah, all the boards, the rafters, like everything. You know, it's but. You know, you go in there and the service is top notch, and yeah. they have everything. You know, they're yeah. so good. Everyone's we, so nice. They've kind of carried on the same vibe that Eddie used to have with people. Now the kids that work there have that same really nice, friendly yeah. customer yeah. service. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, so it's like it reminds us of uh, like a gritty Huntington surfing sport for sure, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it's way more gritty. Yeah, but it has the same kind of aloha. You know, customer service vibe. Like Problem. all the dudes that work there have worked there a long time, and they're they're cool. They're good people. 
Right. Yeah, and I would imagine a lot of the like some of the walls are probably from original. Like you know, they got like wood paneling or something with photos pinned on them or something like that. You know, yeah. I think a lot of it's kind of way back in the day. And then they've built off of that or something. It's so funny because uh, I forget who I was talking to. I think Sunny or Sebastian, but it was like, hey, you know, go make a sign, you know, like a sale sign. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's like, all right, you know. And they do it old school. Yeah. Like, it's cut out of that, wood or something? No, dude, a cardboard box. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and a mark and a Sharpie. Oh. And they, you know. Yeah. Here you go. Like, perfect. Like, it isn't, you know, all prim and proper. Like, right. You know, you don't have to, like, make it no. perfect. You just make it noticeable. Yeah. 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 Here's the sale. Make a sign. Here's a sign. Yeah. Here's yeah. a dollar. Yeah. Places like that in like Frog House, you yeah. know, Caden's they, they a keep little bit. that. Yeah, Caden, they keep that old school charm. <laughs> Definitely, I, I have a certain kind of nostalgia for stuff yeah. like that. Dive bars that still have the character, or yeah. old surf like surf shop that has that same kind of you remember it. And yeah, yeah, that's hasn't changed a bit. It reminds me of when California was in a much different place. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it's it, it's got to go with the territory too, as far as like. The building they're in and how long they've been there you yeah. know you can't replicate that if you're to jump ship into kind of a new strip mall or building you know yeah. you could try but it right. doesn't you know like you said when they started and the original and maybe part of the building still original but they've added on so many different times and tweaked it and redid stuff and yeah yeah so so after that contest uh, you got the bug yeah you're surfing every I, day uh, yeah surfing no pretty much every day and where was your spot well, you know, Manhattan Beach, I grew up there, so I was, you know, mainly surfing there. Like and, pier or? Uh, kind of, you know, wherever the sand was good. If there's a sandbar here, if the pier was better. I remember surfing El Porto. Now El Porto reminds me more like down here. It's just a paved parking lot. Almost every single car's in every single, like, metered spot. When we were kids, I remember we'd have these... Like these boards with like wheels, and you bungee your board to it, and you ride your bike down. Yeah, and it was like a dirt lot, and it was like, oh my god, no one's around here. It seemed like another planet up there. Yeah, <laughs> and it seemed it was always much bigger. I remember the waves were way bigger up there, way more powerful. Yeah, it's different. Did, did you experience any like localism? Yeah. Definitely. I remember there was <laughs> yeah. always an older crew. Yeah. And, you know, the guys that surfed really well. And you might be surfing around them. But, like, you know, you're not going to paddle for any of their waves. Or yeah. If you did, they're going to take your leg rope off and paddle your board out and dunk you underwater. And, like, <laughs> you know, you you learn respect back yeah. then. Yeah. Tough nowadays love for the kids. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like, well, you'd probably get sued or something. For, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's cameras and yeah, you, know, you, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. But, I got you on Cam Rewind. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine that? Getting busted from Cam Rewind or something? How how cool was it, though, when you... I, I just... In the picture... Who who was that that, that built their own, like, board rack? Was that Bill Hurley? I don't know. Somebody, like, told us about how they would do that, too. Oh, oh. It was, like, like make a, their own oh, yeah, yeah. surfboard rack. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember, you know, it was like a couple pieces of wood. You know, you throw a little carpet on there, a few bungee cords, and like those wheels in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and now you can go anywhere. You're mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Now now you got an electric bike and a rack and everything. 
So, um, do you remember like the older dudes, like some of the legends or yeah, local heroes, or like fuck, that's you know so and so. Yeah, definitely. I remember a lot of the older guys. You know, like because it was Mike Benavides and ben, uh, oh yeah, Benavides and Barella. Chris, Chris Barella, Mike yeah. Purpose was a big South Bay, you definitely. know, surf hero. Yeah, um, he was like a superstar. Yeah. Purpose. Yeah. yeah, he really was. He was. He was a superstar. Yeah, he star. looked like you know. If you said, "Look up surfer in the dictionary," it would like he would look like him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Long, yeah. long blonde, bushy hair with the fucking yeah mustache. With that, with that mustache, and he'd always have that kind of funky hat with yeah. like the beads and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was cool, and I remember uh, he did quite well at pipe for a regular footer back in those days. Okay. Yeah. Charger. Yeah. Same with Benavides and Barella. Those guys charged. The, you know, they're always, there's always photos of them standing in tubes and stuff. Yeah. So who was your first sponsor? Mm. Was it E.T. or was it... Kind of maybe, probably like... Probably E.T. was giving me like deals, a little local grommet deals or something yeah. like that. Yeah, because they have all the like board builders. You know, like they are the ones that kind of have... They're like the, st- the shop that has everything, you yeah. know? And hopefully you could kind of, you know, cherry pick out something or they all look, you know. Yeah. Like, and back then there wasn't as many shops in that yeah. area as there is now. So they were kind of one of the them. And I think I, I remember back then it was like Dewey Weber, Rick Surfboards and E.T. I don't really even remember any of the other surf shops. Huh. Back then. And Dewey <laughs> Weber was like up the up and down the hill, right? On aviation. Yeah. And, and E.T.'s just right around the corner from yeah. there. Yeah. But closer to the beach. It's, it's like. Aviation is a trip because yeah. where where Dewey Weber was mm-hmm. was like like up the hill and then down, where ET is like way closer to the ocean than right like. Well, they're both not close. I, I, yeah, but but ETs seemed yeah. a lot closer. Yeah, that's weird because the way I remember it, ETs where it is now. And then if you go west, there's that car wash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, re- I thought right around the corner, as you start to bend towards the south, was where there was a Dewey Weber shop there for okay. a while. But I don't know. Maybe there was one more inland. It might have been the factory prior to inland, that or something. You know? Yeah. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? I, I don't. It's almost I, by Artesia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, way over there. Yeah. Huh. I thought. Maybe I that was a know. factory. Yeah. That's maybe what I'm factory. thinking. I don't know. Or maybe they moved. I don't know. You never so, know. So you... Started doing more contests? Yeah, started doing more contests. Um, WSAs. I remember doing a lot of WSAs and ASAs. Um, I think the a- the ASA I did quite well. They invited me to go to Hawaii. What? Yeah. And for like I was, a regional or a It was for the junior championships. Damn. National. Junior national championships. Sick. I think about the story now because... It's so funny. You you know how everything is now. This would never happen. So they just said, "Hey, all the guys that did, did well enough to go in this contest in Hawaii, they're like, don't worry, guys. You just go to Hawaii. The locals will put you up." That's all they said. Like nothing was organized. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you? Like fourteen, fifteen? Uh, yeah, I must have been about like fifteen, maybe almost sixteen, something like that. Yeah. And I remember Don't worry. somebody will pick you up, take care of you. Yeah, I remember there was a few of us and we had our boards in like actual cardboard boxes and stuff, and we landed and guys were getting snatched snatched up. And I remember me and this one guy, Johnny, were sitting there and we're kind of looking around, and we're going, 
huh? Who's picking us up? Yeah, and this local guy comes up and goes, hey. Like, yeah, he's like, you guys here for the contest? Yeah. Come, stay with me. <laughs> Just you two? Yeah. Okay, come. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, Stevie Carvalho. No, no way. Yeah. Wow. So, like, I'm getting chills right now. It was so epic. So, it was a, it was on base. Was that your first, like, surf trip? I think I I had gone to Hawaii when I was 14 once because my dad knew a guy and his daughter lived in Kauai and my dad was like hey my son's really crazy about surfing uh, do you think your daughter would ever be cool with him visiting and he's like I don't know let me ask and the daughter was like yeah cool whatever send him over here so I, I went over when I was 14 it was the north shore of uh, Kauai and um I never forget, like, they, they made a bed for me upstairs, and it was, like, one of those old A-frames. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I, I swear, I, I, I woke up a couple times. It felt like my bed was, like, shaking. I'm like, is this place haunted or something? <laughs> it started creeping me out, and I started – I was talking to them and going, uh, I felt my bed shaking a few times. I saw some weird shit carved in. She's like, yeah, people nice. say, you know, they feel stuff here, and I'm like – after a while, it was like just freaking me out. And like, oh, wow. <laughs> trip. Yeah, it was really weird. And then um, I'll never forget my very first morning. I woke up before anyone. I'm sitting at the, you know, the breakfast nook, just kind of hanging out, waiting for them to wake it up. And the girl I was staying with, her roommate, she was an Asian girl, and she comes walking downstairs totally naked. <laughs> you know, it's, what is it, back like late 70s or something? Yeah. And she looks at me, she goes, oh, you don't mind, you know, hell no, I don't mind. <laughs> uh, you were 14 years old, yeah. 14. Okay, how old was the daughter? I, I'm guessing like 18, 19, no, more like 20s or 30s or something like that. What a trip, yeah. And your dad sent you over there. My dad's busy, he wasn't taking me anywhere. He's like, uh, where can I send my kid, you know, like, yeah, whatever, something like that. You but know? you went alone, I went alone, yeah. By yourself. By myself. And here's a really funny part of that story. So when I after I started getting freaked out, feeling like the place had like some weird spirit up there, she's like, you know what? Maybe it's better you just stay with my boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so her boyfriend surfed. And so him and I were surfing every day. And he had a full crop of weed. And I had That's why they're over there. Yeah. And I had like this, like, you know, a super eight movie camera. I got pictures of my hair down here, blonde hair down here, walking through fields of weed that were taller than me. And I remember showing my parents when I got home, they're going, where was this marijuana? I go, you know what it is? <laughs> Kids don't think their parents know shit. I, didn't think, I thought there was no way my mom and dad would know what the hell that was. <laughs> what? what are, I get that today with the kids. They're like, well, you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What a trip that... Uh, and, and it's not bad because, like, I mean, we couldn't do that anymore. No right? way. Send a, our 14-year-old Grom by themselves to, you know, Hawaii for how long? A month? Probably something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just remember I was this little rat and it was like the best thing that ever happened in my life. How many point. boards did you bring? One. <laughs> I mean, boy, you're lucky to have one. Yeah, I just, you're lucky to have one. You just bring it. Yeah. Yeah. So you had, you had a super board, so you, two board shorts, something like that. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you brought a Super 8 like camera. So you were into photography like at a young age? Well, I guess. I mean, or I... Or document the trip? Yeah. I mean, I remember we would 
fight with each other like you film no you film okay i'll film for 30 minutes and you gotta film for and we take terms you know taking movies of each other so we could see each other surf later you know what wow. part of Kauai were you, were you north shore. it was north shore okay but where uh, uh Hale bay or? yeah I, rem- I remember surfing like tunnels and what uh like you know by nearby princeville and all mm-hmm. that yeah and I, to this day i remember the guy that i stayed with the girl's boyfriend he was taking me to some break. I don't even remember the name, but it had like an inside thing where it would reform. It was this perfect little right-hander. A lot of times it'd just be him and I surfing. I think he was just stoked to have a surfing buddy. Yeah. But I think about it now, like the guy was older and he's just carting around a little 14-year-old rat. Like, yeah. He was pretty cool to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Kawhi is... I yeah. mean, he's <laughs> growing weed for a living, right? So- Same life. <laughs> So he's just fucking or surfing all botanist. day. Surfing all day. He's a professional surfer. <laughs> yeah. So um, so you go back to Hawaii for this contest. I go back to the contest. Oahu. Stevie Carvalho takes me and my buddy out to his home. Long story short, it was on base on in Kailua. Yeah. And so Stevie Carvalho won the the men's and I won the juniors. Sick. Yeah. I was, and so. You know, it was kind of a big deal or whatever for me anyway. And damn right. What was ASA American Surfing Association? Yeah. Okay. And so after that, um, and it was a big contest, like a big deal. Yeah, it was like the national championships or whatever. So were you starting to meet other pros or not pros, other amateurs, rising stars? Oh or? yeah, yeah. I Who? mean, I couldn't really tell you the names. I, I, my memory's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> Never has been. But um, I re- but I do remember making a really good connection with Stevie, and I went back and stayed with his family for five years. Wow! And you know, I became close with his older brother Timmy Carvalho. Do you guys remember Timmy? Yeah, Carvalho? yeah. He but was Lamas a- is super good friends with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was a, a pro surfer, and I I remember being a little grommet and Timmy paddling me out of VLAN, going, "Kid, you can just drop in on anybody." I'm like, "No, I can't." He was like. Yeah, you can. <laughs> but I never did it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was just probably just hoping to get in a scrap with somebody because you, you know. Like, Doesn't that, it, I mean, how fortunate are you, you know, to get hooked up with one of the men, one of the dudes. Yeah. You know, one of the made men of the North Shore. Well, I think about that now, how fortunate, because I just fell into that. I had no idea what was going yeah. on. Next thing you know. I'm staying with their family every year. We're going surfing, and it was epic. And then after that, one summer, I was in Manhattan Beach, and I was just going to surf, and this guy looked kind of local, and I started talking to him, and I'm going, you know, do you live around here? He's like, no, I live in Hawaii. I'm like, really? And so I'm like, oh, let's go surfing. We hung out. We went surfing. He goes, come, next year, next winter, you stay at my house. I go, really? Where's your house? He's like, right on the beach and so he it was his name is philip perry and him and his brother they live with their dad and they had the last house on log cabins on the beach nice and i don't know i stayed with them for at least six or eight years too so crazy how the connections of surfing we talk about like how the surfing tribe and you could go anywhere around the world and meet people randomly and they open up philip perry they open up your Philip house. and his brother, Sam Perry. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. No, he cuts me off. You're just <laughs> answering his cut off. <laughs> but no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you, you know, you, like my kid's trip will be somewhere and, you know, I'll know somebody. How do you know that guy? I'm like, I don't know, just surfing, traveling, you yeah. know? And yeah. it's just surfing opens up 
relationships and doors everywhere across the world. A hundred percent. And, and, and yeah. I, you know, our couch and floors open to anybody that wants yeah. to come and, yeah. and, you know, well, almost everybody. <laughs> but you know <laughs> really what I mean? Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and it's always been like that. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be able to, you know, go stand under somebody's roof and, and have the etiquette and be cool and, and, and be welcome oh, yeah. back, you know, like, For that, sure. like know your place and do dishes and clean up and not be a nuisance and don't complain and eat everything that's on so, your table. And I, I was just going to say that I remember, you know, at one point, like, you know, fast forward later on, I remember Brad and I would get invited to stay in people's homes and stuff. And we we're always like, let's do the dishes. Let's, let's fix this up. And we were always trying to do whatever we can to be the best guests possible. So they'd be like, invite, oh, you guys are the best. Come yeah. back next year. You invite know? you over and over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you were starting to go to Hawaii quite a bit. Yeah. And how, like, I'm the, I'm the wuss in this relationship. Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't like big waves. Uh, I like surfing, good waves, but not big waves. Yeah. How How were you acclimating? Like, was it? Were you a natural in big stuff? Were you comfortable in big stuff? I don't like, think I was ever like a natural in big stuff. I, I mean, to me, it seems like the people that are natural in big stuff, they almost have that adrenaline junkie thing where like. They could be a jet fighter or, you know, charge huge waves or it seems like the a large majority of those guys they get off on that adrenaline. Like yeah. for me, when I was in stuff that was well over my head, I was always like, Okay, just calm down, you know, like I got more and more comfortable with it. Yeah. And, you know, pushed it and pushed it, but it was never like something that I was drawn to. Yeah. Yeah, because those guys are like they search far and wide and they're ready like to go anywhere around the globe at a freaking drop of a yeah. hat. Like they're like they're the froth level on those guys that, that do love it. Yeah. You know, aren't yeah. doing it for the fame. I mean, yeah, some are cause they, you know, it's a way to make a living, but they're just frothers. Yeah. I remember back in the days when I was staying at the Perry house there, cause we surf log cabins a lot. And when that play, when it's North, that, that wave turns into almost like backdoor. Yeah. It's full, like meaty off the wall, yeah. like with sketchy. Isn't that where Archie likes to go? Probably. Log cabins. And yeah. Off the wall mostly, but yeah, off log cabins can get good. It's like half sand, but then they got, it's got this really wild, uneven reef depending mm-hmm. on the sand. So it's, it's not, it's not easy. Yeah. There was a guy. So there was a guy that lived that little neighborhood. He surfed logs once in a while, but. He was an absolute lunatic. Maybe you guys know who he is. His name was Trevor, and I want to say his last name was Smith, Trevor Smith. Hmm. But this is like going way, way back. Yeah. No one was towing in. No one was surfing out of reefs. And this guy had these rhino chaser boards. And I remember like him showing me these boards. I'm going, Where, you going where do you ride that thing? He's going, oh, I, I paddle out. There's like an outer reef out there. I'm going, what? He's going, yeah. I go, who do you do that with? And he's going, I just go by myself. I'm like kidding me crazy <laughs> like like these 18 foot like needle pins and like the guy was like a lunatic yeah, yeah. like what do you mean you're paddling a, a mile out by yourself yeah. yeah just surfing something miles out to sea like can you imagine now with how many attacks are in hawaii you'd just be like a sitting duck yeah <laughs> you better be very confident like when yeah. you're talking to him he looks like right through you yeah he's crazy <laughs> he's definitely he was definitely like that i'll never forget there was one day we were surfing logs and it was quite big Maybe six, eight foot, really heavy. But every once in a while, there was like a really good one just blowing inside out. And he had come in from one of those places 
And he, I remember he charged a couple waves and took off super deep and like got hammered and like snapped his leg or something Holy like that. Shit. Yeah, the guy was crazy. So and he was telling me he surfed some giant left outside of the Polynesian Cultural Center, like some outer reef out there. So crazy. Yeah, I can't even imagine doing that like by yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know. They go out, you know, you're always having a buddy system or some sort, you know, when you're out there with your buddies. But in the reality, like, you're, you're trying to just survive. Yeah. You know, like, you're on your own. I, I don't think I'd come save you if I could barely sur survive myself. I, but I guess coming back to your question, I, I think guys like that are drawn to doing crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Like, he just got off on it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, you were getting better and better. Surfing yeah. contests, winning amateur contests. Yep. Did you start doing NSSAs or? I did. I did those for a while. I feel like before I did the NSSAs and after the the that contest in Hawaii that I won, I I can't remember where, but it might even have been in Hawaii. But I met the I met this guy named Steve Wilson. He was one of the original Maribra board riders, hmm. and he's going Australia. Yeah. And he's going. Yo, you just won the juniors. You should come to Australia and surf in the pro junior. And I'm like. I would love to. He's going, come stay at my house. And I'm like, really? You're serious? He's going, yeah. I talked to my parents and, I, you know, I was, I got into trouble a lot, you know, and they're going, <laughs> really? You want to go to Australia? And they talked about it for a while and they're going, yeah. Send them over there. Were, were they supportive of you surfing? They were. Yeah. They were. My yeah. mom was for sure. My dad was kind of going, okay, but what are you going to do like later? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your future looking like? Yeah. yeah. What, what I don't need a 30 year old at home, like, you know, yeah. milking the tit. <laughs> what kind of uh, trouble are you talking about? Like, I remember when I was a little kid, you know, cops pulling up, my mom would be doing gardening or something. She'd go, oh my God, what did he do now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, throwing water balloons at cars, throwing Riff rocks, you know, just... Shenanigans. Yeah, shenanigans. Yeah. But not bad. No, not, nothing real bad. Yeah. yeah. Just stuff you shouldn't be done. Yeah. But you weren't, you weren't good in school? I actually did all right in school. Um... But just missed a lot of days because of surf. <laughs> I, I going back, so I eventually ended up going to Australia, and I just missed the pro junior. But I surfed in a bunch of other contests. And How'd I, you miss the pro junior? I think I got the date wrong, and I showed up, and I it like had just been the weekend before, and I'm like, oh, I thought it was this week, sort of thing. Yeah, and, communication back then yeah. sucked. Yeah, yeah. No internet to check dates. No, not really. <laughs> But I remember, but uh, I was cruising with Steve Wilson and the Maruba board riders, you know, and we're, we're we're surfing in these board rider events, and they're just taking me around. And I remember I was looking over my shoulder because I was little back then, and um, if you were the smallest grommet, you'd just get like tortured, you know. I saw them like strip Grumpies. guys down and tie them up against a pole, leave them in the parking lot <laughs> screaming and stuff. I was always like, "Who's behind me?" <laughs> <laughs> Aussies were gnarly back then they, they were gnarly they, i mean i think they were worse back then than they are now for sure everywhere oh, yeah. was everything like was that on main street here we got you guys are yeah as americans were sepals right yeah yeah we were oh fucking septic Sepos. <laughs> <laughs> i heard that the whole time yeah but yeah i mean there it was raw and gnarly hanging out on main street as groms we watched 
fights and they tortured us and yeah yeah but she loved it oh for sure <laughs> like we'd wax kids boards with bars of soap you know oh, like yeah. and, you know strip it down and because you could get a nice bead with with soap and <laughs> that's classic <laughs> or berry boards at the beach and the sand I'm like you know when you know i'm gonna go grab some food keep an eye and we just Dig two feet down and bury the whole board. And oh come yeah, back. where's that? Like, I don't know. It's somewhere around here. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like doing <just> stuff like <laughs> that. The kids. We also used to do like we'd bury, we'd dig holes at the beach and put little fine sticks and newspaper. So yeah, trips and, and sprinkle sand, and we'd be like tourist traps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when did who was your first like board sponsor? Well, yeah. So when I went to Australia that time, I had. I was already sponsored by uh, McCoy Surfboards. Nice. Uh, Rip Curl Wetsuits and Quicksilver Clothes. How did you get all these? When and then? Probably surfing those little contests and stuff. I don't, I don't really remember how it started. But I remember I was surfing for those companies. And when I went to Australia, I cruised around with the River Board Riders for a while. We surfed up and down the coast, went to a contest. I remember one time there was some event in Queensland... And there are several carloads of us, and we all went up to Queensland, and these guys dined and dashed three meals a day. <laughs> and the first time on that, the drive up each stop, we yeah. were just. And the first, I the first time I tried to pay for myself, and they're going, no, 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 you got to pay for everyone. I'm like, okay, I can't afford that. So, at that point, I was like, okay, it's on. I'm just with them, and you know, right as we we're finishing, we'd start laughing and look at each other, and it was like, who could bolt out the door fastest. <laughs> the so Aussie nice. way right there the Aussie way yeah we were in Queensland I remember we ate at this Italian restaurant and this guy that owned the restaurant jumped in his car and was chasing us through town <laughs> so good so McCoy Surfboards yeah he's Australian right yeah Jeff McCoy and, and how did you run into him or how did you get connected to him well I was already riding for them in California and do you remember a guy named Greg Pouch? Yeah. He's, yeah. He shaped him out of Newport. Out of Newport. Yeah. yeah. So I... Were you coming to Newport a lot? I was coming to Newport a lot. Yeah. I remember, um, you know, Quok took me in, invited me, introduced me to everybody. And I remember surfing, you know, 54th Street. I remember, you know, Jeff Parker. And yeah. Like tell all tell the us about, like, how different or, like, because it's interesting to hear. Because we love, you know... Everybody, every town has its little clique and yeah. hang out and stuff. And, yeah. and like South Bay was definitely an epicenter for like good talent and, and, and shops and shapers. But down here was like oh, all yeah. the brands were outside of Body Glove, you yeah. know, they're all yeah. Yeah. here. Yeah. Quicksilver you know? was here. Yeah. McCoy was here. Yeah. Wave Tools was here. Because Rib Curl was just a little bit further down in San Clemente. And... Yeah. So, yeah, like the surf community from the South Bay to, to Orange County. Not totally different, but definitely different. Yeah, a little and, different. And like, you know, your side, South Bay, I'm trying to think of the guys that you competed with that lived in the South Bay that came from this. this Ted Robinson. Ted Robinson, Kelly Gibson, Chris Frohoff, uh, you know, Nick Christensen. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then there was guys like slightly, you know, Venice, Santa Monica, like... Solo Scott, John McClure, Dan McClure, you know, Sarlo. You know, we were all kind of connected because I remember at one point surfing the WSAs uh, and David Lansdowne was the main guy. And I remember 
surfing the Malibu WSAs and being in that region for a while. Yeah. Kind of jumping all over. Yeah, because everyone, like that we you just said, they all rode for Body Glove pretty much, right? Uh, except maybe Frohoff. Except for yeah, Frohoff. Yeah, O'Neill and... Uh, yeah, except for Frohoff. Kelly and yeah. Robinson. Uh-huh. And, I never rode for Body Glove somehow. I yeah. just never did. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I rode for all your sponsors Rip Curl, O'Neill, and also uh, a Japanese wetsuit breaker out. I rode those I wetsuits. I remember breaker out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, David Barr and Paul Barr rode for him. Yeah. Right? Yep. And do you remember um, Keto from The Surf? Yeah. 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 We yeah. interviewed him. Yeah. yeah, I'll bet. Keto's the best. He's, He's so cool. Awesome. He he introduced me to Breaker Out Wetsuits and then a surf shop called ProTech in Japan. So when I was on the tour, you know, we went to Japan twice a year and they would fly me out to, to take such good care of you. Yeah. I remember having like a, a model surfboard in their shop. and What? Yeah. So before we go into okay, that, yeah, um, <laughs> coming down. Uh, so you're, you're riding your first sponsor in in the South Bay. Did you have any first sponsors in the South well, Bay? Well, I think we were saying probably ET or something like that. Yeah, I'll give you a shop yeah. deal. And then, yeah, a little shop deal. But maybe first, the next one will give you a better deal on your trade in or something. Right. Yeah. But yeah. your first surfboard sponsor was McCoy, or yeah, from what you remember. Yeah. And then you got Quicksilver. Yep. And then and Rip, Rip Curl. And then Rip Curl. Yeah, and then and so those were like the brands. Yeah, and that was so that was probably maybe just before or around when I won the thing in Hawaii, and then when I went to Australia, I remember at one point I left the Maroon Board Riders and I went to the Central Coast, and um, I remember you know I met Jeff McCoy, he made me some boards, and he you know I won some little contests on the Central Coast, and he's going you know I'm gonna keep an eye on you, I like you, he's like you know. Maybe I can get you to come back out. And I was going, yeah, that'd be great. You know, he made me a bigger board, a smaller board. And there was there was like a team of like McCoy surfers in the Central Coast because that's where he made the board. So I remember kind of like, you know, they were all kind of like my comrades for a while I was there. And I was the one, you know, American kind of so out of place there. But they, they embraced me and they took me around all the best surf spots. And yeah. I ended up having a blast. Yeah. I stayed there in t- for six months, and I only left because my visa was running out. And when I got home, I had to have a, a meeting with my mother and the principal, and <laughs> they got the guy's going, oh, you should have brought the work with you. And I said, I had no idea it was going to go that long. And yeah. So I ended up uh, going to a continuation school called um, Pacific Shores. Hmm. I did a year and a half worth of work in my senior year to be able to graduate on time and by that time ted robinson already had ended up in that in that same school so him and i would go to school from like 11 in the morning till 1 30 in the afternoon and we'd surf every morning and then go to school together <laughs> and it was just him and i hanging out and there's this one punk rock dude we called him punk boy the three of us hung out and everyone else was just like some stoner like lighting up cigarettes in class the teacher would be like can you put that out oh yeah okay <laughs> so wild like the, the yeah so the continuation school of yeah like people going nowhere but it was mostly of guys that you know yeah I mean I just blew they, they gave you a certain amount for yeah. each class I was just blowing through them and just you know I got out of there when I was supposed to how were you making money six months in Australia were you making money at some of these events no there's no money in those contests I think like you're just winning like, like you're sleeping on people's stuff. couches you're yeah. staying in people's houses and yeah. just yeah. And I, remember, I remember having jobs early though I remember I had 
I got some job when I was 15 working at a guy's garage. We were building these little trampolines he was selling. And then I left because I got a better job at a liquor store when I was 15 and a half. And I was the, <laughs> I was the delivery boy for the liquor store. And I, we had a, like a, I had a milk crate that it was like bungee to yeah. the back. And I remember it was all full of liquor and I just pulled up to the pink house. Pink dot before pink dot over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd give them the liquor. They'd give me a big tip. I'm like, this job's the best ever. <laughs> a delivery boy for a liquor store. That's, yeah. We should bring that back. That should be, yeah. JJ should start his own business. A lot of those I things that fly were, now. Yeah, I think you have to be a certain age. Of, 18, yeah, that was perfectly fine back then. And yeah, I remember working, you know, at a pizza joint and being bus boys at different restaurants. And right before I really started traveling as a pro, I was working as a bellman at a hotel, and the woman uh, was so nice. She would, every time I'd come back from another country, she'd go, "Yeah, you can work until you leave again. That's fine." Yeah, she was just super sweet. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that always helps. You know, because yeah. usually you leave and you're freaking out. Don't ever come back here. We need yeah. to be more reliable. Yeah, she was like the opposite. So, so when when you first got on McCoy, mm-hmm. like, were you, like, into your equipment? Like, because well, boards were starting to, because you were probably single fins and you probably were twin fins. And then you started getting thrusters, right? Actually, I never, I just stuck to the single fins because when you rode for McCoy, it was like a real, you know, we're not doing the twin fin thing. That's kind of was their vibe. Mm, wow. Yeah. So I remember getting kind of pissed because some contest guys were skating so much easier and we're like hopping and trying to drag the board. And it was like a lot of work to get it to move as much as a twin fin. Wow. And I remember trying to talk Greg Pouch into making me a thruster once like Simon had come up with a thruster and everything. He's going, why do you want that? I go, just want to try it. He's like, but why? And I'm like, I just want to try it. Is that okay? Because you just blew everybody out at yeah. Bells and freaking you see yeah. everybody. Do you see what Simon did out there? Yeah. yeah. And then I remember he made me one. I'm going, oh my God, I'm never riding a single fin again. The thing was squirting fast, driving. I'm like, this is a whole nother level. Right. <laughs> Just made surfing so much more fun. Yeah. Did you try twin fins at all? I think later I got one, but I did it when I was younger. What didn't, a didn't go through the motion of, yeah. Yeah. Because it. In the McCoy camp, they were very, as I remember, it was kind of anti-twin fin, you know? More, it was like Shane Horan against MR. You can't ride a twin fin because oh, MR's right. Oh, that's why. <laughs> that's probably why. I think Did you so. have a kill fin? What, what was it? A... No, that was later. Yeah. <laughs> that was a kill fin. Yeah. Did you um, Did you ever get, like, shots in the mag at a young age? Or, uh, like, when, yeah. when was your first shot? Ad or just like a, a performer's photo uh, type deal? Well, I remember I went to Salt Creek and I surfed in some, it was like Saddleback College contest or somewhere. I don't even know exact, something like had to do with the college. And I won it and I remember I met Flame. Mm. And Flame started shooting me and then I started getting photos in the mag pretty much straight away. And were you getting rip curls then or break or, or I was in rip, rip curls, curls and that was rip curl McCoy to Quicksilver mm. I got quite a few photos when I was with those sponsors yeah as yeah. you should they're, yeah. they're the ones advertising and, and getting all the money which does help but yeah there's a lot of good photographers up in South Bay mm-hmm. you know but Alzer and, but the, uh, but the yeah. studio 54 and and, and Salt Creek was yeah. definitely like in the magazine's backyard almost. yeah I remember shooting with Peter Berlay and yeah. uh, you know Balzer and 
I I had one really good day at Backdoor Off the Wall, and um, guys were shooting, and that's when Bob Barber got some good photos of me, and I ended up getting Bob a cover. Barber. Yeah, yeah, nice. I remember seeing that name a lot. Yeah, I I remember I was in Australia for the contest, and back then Chris Carter worked for Surfing Magazine before he came this big X, Hollywood X, producer. Yeah, X X Files X Files yeah. guy, yeah. yeah. And Chris Carter came up to me in the sandwich shop, and he goes, "Guess who's on the next cover of Surfing?" I go. Dang, he aloha. He goes, no, the one after that. I go, I don't know. He's like, you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're in Hawaii and he told you this? I was in Australia. Australia. At yeah. what age? Pretty. Uh, Young, 18. I, I think I was like, maybe, yeah, maybe like, like 19. That's so like. rad. I was like, oh my God, really? That's so. So going back to um, Quok. Yeah. Right? Okay. We've been trying to get Quok to come on the show for oh, yeah? a long time. Come on, DK. Come on. Is there a resistance there? He He's like, dude, no one wants to hear my story. I go, are you fucking uh, kidding me? Of course you? they do, Danny. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like an eight episode. Yeah. yeah. There's so much content with that guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's done so much for so many different people. And oh, so yeah, many, yeah, for sure. Like, he's come up quite a bit. In, DK in the, was the best. He was so yeah. cool. He, he but was a bro. How crazy, how stoked were you? Because Quicksilver was the brand. Yeah. Like, yeah. Back then, it was just gotcha. I, I think in the beginning, there wasn't even a gotcha back then. Oh, like, really? Yeah, that was even before gotcha when I first got on Quicksilver. Now, when you got on Quicksilver, uh, how stoked were you? Because Oh, so stoked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because did, did you go to Costa Mesa and... and yeah, Danny would walk through? me through the, the, the warehouse. What do you want, kid? Just pull... Oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, really? You know, you got your little bag or your box. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the sticker and you got to put the oh, sticker yeah. on the board. Yeah, on every board. Before you even put your wax, you got your stickers yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so exciting back then. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> and Quicksilver was like the brand. Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't... If, if, if I was back then, I, I, I don't know what other brand you would want to ride for. Yeah, unless maybe if you were in Australia, you'd be on Billabong or something. But was, was they were they even around back then? Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. but not not like Quicksilver. Yeah, Quicksilver was the shit. Oh, it was the shit. Yeah, like remember like the old classic stuff of Larry Blair and like Bruce Raymond and you know Hackman. You're like, oh my god, this stuff's so cool. They were yeah. so core. Yeah, but they had you know they had the buzz and they had the killer like flair and yeah. they had everybody. Cause you're a little younger than Quok then, right? Mm, I would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's because yeah. those guys, you know, with the polka dot, Jeff Parker. Yeah, like remember that Hot 100. Yeah, that, well, that, I had a photo in the Hot 100. Did you really? Yeah, that's fucking. That was bad. probably around one of my first few photos. Like it was a little thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But. But you being from the South Bay, uh -huh. right? Because South Bay back then, I feel like, because we talk about this a lot. We've mm -hmm. had Greg Browning on. We've oh, yeah. had um, Ted. Ted. Mm -hmm. We've had Matt Pagan, who's a younger dude from South yeah, Bay. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, there hasn't been a lot of South Bay dudes in the mag and on the scene. But more recently, you mean? More recently. I noticed that. You know, mm -hmm. like you and Frohoff and like Chris Burrell, like the older generation. Yeah. Seemed like yeah. there's way more. 
well, talent that was like Alex, in the map. Alex Gray's been on our hit list for a while. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, but yeah, after his, after his, and uh, Dane's on. Dane's on. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right. I I think maybe there's been a lot of high powered people. They sell their companies in New York and Boston. They move to Manhattan. They get a big meek mansion, and then their kids maybe they're learning about the ocean, but they don't know it. It just seems like the the type of people have changed. But up and down. The whole of California. It's really. everywhere. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure it was the same for you guys. When I grew up in Manhattan Beach, there was empty lots everywhere. Everywhere had, everyone had a front and back lo- uh, yard. There was only one-story houses. It was like a little beach town. It was beach town people. Mm-hmm. Now it's, I go downtown, I, I'm, I feel like a stranger in my hometown. Yeah. Like, who are these people? I don't even know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the world this day, this yeah. day and age, man. It's crazy. So yeah. busy. So you... Are doing contests, traveling all over the world. Um, who is turning pro, and and who is inspiring you to to become pro? Well, I, I mean, I remember, you know, the big news was like Martin Potter was sixteen and blowing out pros, and everyone's going, "Whoa, you can do that!" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's doing stuff like, oh my god, you know, like in retrospect, I'd say for sure. Someone should have put Frohoff on the tour when he was 16. Cause he was like he, a man already back then, huh? He, yeah, he was like a man child. He was like straight up and going, right backside and like going all the way around and doing stuff that like no one was doing. And like, you know, I think he got on, but years later, but someone should have put him on straight away. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, was not, you know, there wasn't the bud tour yet right early mm-hmm. it was like pre-bud tour yeah. there was a few asp sanctioned events here and there but there mm-hmm. wasn't really yeah when you like were coming start- up it was still there wasn't a lot of local regional pro contests no not a lot and i remember getting going into some of the bud ones but there was it was uh it it almost seemed like it was i heard some of your podcasts even a lot of the other guys were going that's weird. I wouldn't do good in the bud, but then I would do good on an international. It's kind of like a different scale of judging, and mm. a lot of times they're in small, crappy waves. Yeah, it was just a little different. Yeah, yeah, we miss we miss it just for the the industry and the sport and and the local you know businesses and, yeah. and you know the draw. Like having that domestic tour was pretty rad, you know. And everything is so different now because. Uh, I mean, I think of that, and I think of, like, not too long ago, guys were making really good money, and I, I hear it since the pandemic, a lot of the pros are getting way less money. Yeah. But the cost of living is more. Everything. Everything is costing more, and these guys are getting paid less. I just, it just seems like someone needs to be creative and find a way to bring more money into the sport. Yeah, yeah like that Jack's Pro, great event this last weekend. It's one of the few that's in California, yeah. you know, and it was Got upgraded to three star, which, you know, decent money and good points. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've gotten really lucky the last few years with waves. And then this year was just like small, uh, yeah. you know, but small, still worth contestable. Yeah. yeah. You guys were, I mean, everybody's ripping, but yeah, my grand was like, Mel. I was, you know, we were, yeah, congrats, Mel. We were on the, like, beach working our, you know, tents because it's a, it's a great, um, you know, venue for, for all the industry to celebrate. But mm. the, all the kids coming up, like, after, before heats, walking up and down, like, two-thirds of them, no logos on their boards. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's so different It's now. crazy. Like, just, just to get, like, support locally, you yeah. know? Like, usually it would be like, hey, I'm partnering up with a, a surf shop and, 
you know, getting on some sort of like program. Yeah. And then there's the, the, the kids that are aspiring, you know, pros that are going to be like, hey, this guy's got a shot. You know, many like, levels to there's, go to. There was levels. Yeah. Now it's like there's one level and it's like you're a marquee athlete or you're just maybe an aspiring like, you know, local. Really? Is it like that? It's so really wild, young right? young rippers that are winning all the NSSAs or whatever. They're, they're sponsored, you but, know, but they're just getting a box of clothes. That's you it. Know? Like really? they're they're not getting very few are getting picked. Yeah. Very few are getting well, they're amateurs, but some of them get something. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, when you're when you're saying all these when you were talking about contests and stuff and magazines were a revenue stream for you guys back then. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that's gone away. Yeah. Magazines. It was such a big deal to see the new mag and who was in it. And, mm -hmm. oh, my God, look at this. And now it's just, you know, you're flicking through an Instagram or something. Yeah. But the script's kind of flipped to where the, you know, the big companies advertise. And they're kind of putting in the kids, you know, the athletes, girls, women, whatever. Like, they want to promote. And that's like that, the newer, you know, new, mm -hmm. new, new kid on the block. Like, oh, we're going to put you in couple ads a year and we're going to really showcase you get your right. name out there and you know kind of help build you up now it's like the complete opposite you go talk to any marketing team manager at any brands like okay so how are you going to followers how, how many how are you going to drive business how are you going to sell product you know like right. you know come you know it's like the complete opposite most of these kids are you know families are like well you know it's a whole new business yeah you yeah. know than it was when we were kids like do you think that's a byproduct of how many more people are around right now? Or I think it's good and bad. It's just different. And I think, you know, in hindsight, it's like, man, to, you know, those that are really good at self-promoting and, and, and have that knack and creativity, mm -hmm. you're going to excel. You know, obviously with the level of surfing that you, you have, you yeah. know, yeah. but if you're a great surfer and you don't have a personality and it kind of also back in our day you know it was the same thing like if you're a kook and no personality and you didn't want, you know like yeah. you're probably no, not many too, too many sponsors are going to come knocking on your door right, so right. but i think right now man these kids that that have that creative you know aspect you know and can create something different mm -hmm. you know i think they they'll you know they'll have a way better chance of making money yeah you know but you know quicksilver you know if you had a quicksilver logo you could guarantee you're going to like get support at the amateur contests. Right. You're going to get like, you know, unlimited, not unlimited, but a lot of clothes. Mm. They're going to help you set you up with other kids. Like, Hey, you know, going to East coast. Well, here's our, here's our team riders there. Or are you going to Hawaii? Here's our yeah. team riders. Right. And really help plug network. To the plug family. In. Now yeah. it's like everybody's out for themselves. Well that, and then a lot of these big companies are getting sold to other big companies. And now when some corporate heads are running it, it's not going to be the same, right? Yeah. It's yeah. It's crazy because the way that surfers made money mm. was different. Yeah. Right. And now it's like there's no magazines. There's not videos. Uh, well, there's movies. not movies. Mike Latronic still has a mag. I know. Free I surf. love it. We had <laughs> Tron on too. Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's it's something that's gone now and. You know, there's dudes making vlogs, yeah. but that's only a handful of people that are doing that. Yeah. Because not every kid can do that. Everyone seems like they have to be their own producer, yeah. director, like, do this, do that. It, it, which is which is cool, and it's great for those, yeah. again, that, that have that knack and right. can really understand that. But 
It's you more know, entertainment than it is surfing. Yeah. It's kind of turning everyone into like, you have to be kind of narcissistic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, what have you produced lately? Like, do a blog, do this, do that. Like, yeah. really? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a different occupation. It really <laughs> but, is. You know, and now it's like, you know, like when you guys were trying to video each other's friend, you know, like as friends, like, hey, I want to go video. And, you know, we all... I think we all kind of did that as it became more available yeah. with like the you know the video recorders the right. home re- you know did, video did you, recorders. But did you uh, video a lot with Keto? A little bit. Uh, I remember he was very uh, busy with the Tom. surf and Tom Curran. Yeah, but I remember doing some stuff with Keto and Curran and like in Japan especially. Yeah. Or, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was he was always really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to f- go through his files, go through his videos because oh. I'm sure he's got so much. He would content. have to, <clears throat> yeah. As long as he's still holding on to that stuff, he would have to yeah. have great stuff. Yeah, he was telling us he's got like all the ops that you know right? back in the day. Yeah. Uh, some of the Marui contests, yeah. Hawaii. He used yeah. to go to Hawaii a lot, like. Back then, you know, we went to Japan twice a year, and I remember, like, one of the times we would go out to that Najima Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll never forget, there was one time, there was a man-on-man heat. It was with uh, MR and Barton. And, you know, it was like, I don't know, maybe, like, waist to shoulder high. And all these guys are screaming up the beach. I'm going, it's no real big wave. Like, what are they going off about? And there's just this massive shark moving through the water. And it was just this black mass. But you could see it because of this aqua blue water. And I remember like, oh, the guy, oh, surfers, you must get out. There's a shark. <laughs> and they're like, like MR and Barton are going, what? And then like, I remember the thing at one point was, I think it was, it was either MR or Barton. One of those guys was belly boarding a whitewash. And the thing was co- like coming at him, and they he went right over the top of it. I thought something was going to happen. You no know? way! Yeah, it was so heavy, and then they got out of the water, and it started making its way up. You could just see this black mass. It was huge, just kind of making its way up the beach. And then after a while, they just put the contest back on. <laughs> okay, we're back on. Yeah, surfers back in the water. Yeah, <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, that, that that was a cool little island. That man, yeah. s- sketchy, like earthquake, and just. I mean, sirens are going off like every day on that thing. Really? Yeah, yeah it was a trippy island. Yeah, it was it's like a little fish village, you know. But is it that was... where you won the contest, Lar? The one, the one contest. The one contest. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's cool. I got some like, yeah, cool like um, island, like an island trophy, you know, like uh, something from the tribe and stuff there, or oh, whatever nice. you want to call it, the okay. island chief, and yeah, it was really cool. It's awesome. Yeah, but that place, there like, no cars. It was so small, you just had bikes. Yeah. Remember that? Like, yeah. Just, or maybe they had the little golf cart, like... I remember there was, like, a taxi. lot of, in, like, kind of industry, like, factories or something. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't know what they were making, but... Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> so when did you turn pro? Uh, how, how did you turn pro? Uh, I, I turned pro in the beginning of the 80s. I'm going to say, like... Probably 82, 83, something like that. And um, and who were your sponsors then? I can't remember. I, at one point I left McCoy and I went to Channel Islands, but I 
I think I was maybe on Channel Islands by the time I got on the tour. And you rode for the surf too? I No, I never rode for the surf. He introduced me to another uh, guy that had a surf shop in Tokyo, and it was called uh, ProTech. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And they got you a breaker out. Yeah, then they got me a breaker out. That was later on, though. I think when I first got on the tour, uh, maybe it was somewhere in the beginning. But was it a, like a sponsor contract, or you just wanted to accept money at a, like a, a pro event? Like, how did you... Well, I remember meeting it? the guys at Quicksilver, and they're going, hey, we just want you to go do photo trips. Hmm. And I was going, okay. And they're going, you know, we'll, we'll back you on that. And then I ended up... Uh, I talked to a couple of companies and I got sponsored by Stubbies back then and they gave me a small salary and paid for all my airfares and I really wanted to do the tour so I just did it that way. Yeah. I mean... You left Quicksilver. I did, yeah. But Stubbies was... It was... was, I was a little bigger fish in a smaller pond. With Stubbies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Stubbies was blowing up too. You know? They had pro events. They had events. Yeah, they had a vibe going. They had had Len Breezy and they had, uh, had me and... You know, they, they were throwing us around on these little promo tours and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're a kid from Manhattan Beach traveling the world, you know, you don't know what you're going to do for work, for, for a career. Yeah. But you got surfing and, you know, it's kind of cool that Quicksilver was going to just pay you to go on photo shoots. Yeah, that yeah, that was cool. Yeah. But you know, maybe I would have done a couple of trips a year type of thing and yeah. have some photos here and there and my life wouldn't have changed that much. Yeah. But you know. And I, you know, in retrospect when I think over the whole thing, I don't think I was ever one of those guys that like was really, really that into the com- competitive part. Like that you know, yeah, I, I wanted to do better. I strive to do better. I was Oh, was, you know, we were all reading books like The Inner Game of Tennis and all this stuff and trying to get our competitive heads on. But I think I really enjoyed travel, the, the travel and, the, and to see different cultures. And I remember in every country having like wonderful friends that we would stay with. And, yeah. you know, when we were in the contest, they're taking us to the best parties and gatherings and you know, I just having the most incredible time everywhere. Yeah. Like you could do that if you have means and you could do that if you have time and stuff. But yeah. when you like rip at surfing, you, it's, it's just kind of perks you, of the job. You, you kind of just fall into that, like yeah. regardless. Yeah. And you kind of are, you know, you, you know, at, and you, you, don't, you don't look at the time. You're just, you're just doing it. But now yeah. in retrospect, you know, decades later, best you're like, time of your life, man, I can't oh, believe sure. how, yeah. Like lucky and blessed, and how like that just you know yeah that all worked out because you're VIP everywhere you went. That's that's what I was gonna say. You yeah, know, you go to that little town in France or that that little part of you're Cape the mini town, star kind of town, and they're going, oh, we want to turn these guys on and show them the best of what we have. Yeah. So they're dragging you around to amazing parties and gatherings. Yeah, and- you're not staying at the hotel and resort and kind of like you're going to the like the. Yeah. Like the local, like yeah, know. they're taking you to Wait. their favorite restaurants, yeah. and you're meeting their family. Like I remember a long time ago, uh, I met uh, Justin Strong in South Africa, and after I met him, we became really good friends. I stayed with the Strong family for years, almost every year when I was in South Africa. I came back and visit when I got off the tour. They're like, "Hey, Jeff, Justin's gone. You can stay in the downstairs. Here's a car for you." Like it's the coolest people. So rad. You're like family, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
So and, you started riding for Stubbies. Mm-hmm. You're riding Channel Islands. Yep. And you're doing the. You qualified for ASP tour. Yeah, I don't think back then you had to qualify. There you was there the was trials. no there was no two tours. There was just the one. Yeah, you, know, you go through the trials, you get into the main event. Yeah, yeah. And how did you how did you do? You know, I I think I did okay. I, I you know I got like you know seventeenths and ninths, and I got you know I had my my wins and stuff, but I never was really that high up. But yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean it was. I think I was on it for about like six and a half, almost seven years, and so That's I remember. A good run. I remember That's a good each long year run. got getting higher and higher and higher, and I was. I remember I was twenty three, and it was like the highest I'd ever got. And in that year, my mom uh, passed away of cancer, mm-hmm. and I remember uh, we were down in we were down in Cabo. We were shooting a surf movie, and. Uh, I just remember going, okay, I'm just going to focus really hard on my surfing and just, like, put all my energy into that and just, you know, get through this. But uh, I tweaked my back really bad, probably because of the stress of losing my mom or whatever. Yeah. But um, I remember we started out the year in South Africa, and I, w- I was in Cape Town, and uh, I went and saw some doctor. He gave me some pills. I surfed the events. And then I woke up one day in Durban, and I could barely move. And then I realized that... He didn't give me like an anti-inflammatory. He, gave, he was giving me painkillers, and I was surfing and making my back worse and not even knowing it. Mm. Yeah, so you're numbing the yeah you're yeah not fix you know yeah taking down the inflammation. You're I wasn't just straight doing numb. myself any favors. Yeah, yeah. Not take, yeah, not resting it when you should be rested. Yeah, like, oh, I'm a little tight. I don't know. It's a little okay. I mean, you guys know how it is. You're in the contest. You don't want to not surf in the contest. But I didn't even realize what the guy gave me. He just gave me pills. I was feeling better. I was surfing. All of a sudden, one day, I was like, I can barely move. Mm -hmm. And then I think after the Gunston, I went home and then got it assessed, and it was pretty bad. And I had to – it was was the worst thing because it was my best year, and I was sitting out majority of the tour locked up, my lower back, sciatica, throbbing all the way down the back of my leg, you know. So – I remember it was like a good six, eight, ten months, something like that. I couldn't really compete. And then the last few events I surfed, and I was super stiff. And then after that, I'm going, oh, now what? And then I did a full year after that. And uh, I remember I had some good results, but I didn't get up quite as high as I was. And then it was like, after that, I go, okay, I'm just going to go to my favorite countries and then pull out from there. And that's kind of what I did the, the last year. Were you doing contests and like trying to do some photo like trips with the mags at all? Or were you just strictly touring? Um, yeah, I think I was always doing a little bit of photo trips here and there. And then I, uh, um, well, I remember um, I was with Jamie Brissick and Robbie Page and we went with... Uh, Scott Dietrich to shoot a movie in uh, Mexico. Which movie? That's one of his movies. I don't remember the name. What, what? Scott Dietrich? Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, we, we were at Scorpion Bay on the on the top of the point surfing up there and shooting up there. There's like Stormtroopers and... Not Stormtrooper. What the fuck was that called? Yeah, I can't remember the name. Yeah, he made a lot of good movies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rolling Thunder? I have no idea. Yeah, maybe one of those, like Rolling Thunder or something like that. Yeah. But um, I remember uh, there was a still photographer, Bill Bill Parr, and he goes, hey, this is an extra camera, you know, um, just here's some film, just shoot whatever you want. If you have any questions, just ask me. 
And that's kind of when I first started shooting a little bit. And uh, Bill Parr. Yeah. This was like kind of the, this was right after I'd finished the tour and I was going, oh my God, my life was too great over all those years on the tour. Like, now what am I going to do? Like, you know, I'm not going to sit behind a desk. I'll be miserable. Yeah. And a friend of mine was a photographer in Hollywood and he saw these photos I shot. And he's like, man, you got a good eye. You should do this. Hmm. And then I was in Mexico surfing with another buddy of mine. We got out of the water. And I shot a roll of black and white with him. And he goes, I want to bring this into my agency. And they're going, oh, we're going to do a new car. We'll put this on the cover. And can we send you more guys? And I'm like, uh. So it just ha- happened naturally. Like Naturally. It was like going... literally the second roll of film I ever shot. Wow. <laughs> and I go, uh, can I shoot girls? Or go, well, shoot some of the guys. Then we'll give you some girls. I'm like, oh. Okay. And was it like <laughs> what kind of what was it? Uh, like just fashion stuff. Like I shot him without his shirt. We got out of the water, and it was like black and white, so it was kind of moody, and they liked it. And next thing you know, them they want me to shoot a bunch of male models. I'm going. Uh, so okay. wait, did, this is right the right when you were transitioning out of pro surfing. Yeah, it was like right it, like after I got off the tour, we went down and we did that surf movie, and then um, yeah, and Bill Bill goes, hey. It's a second camera. I hardly ever use it. If you if, just play with it for a little bit, if you want it, I'll sell it to you for cheap. And then, yeah, it just kind of just started happening like that. Did yeah. you get like a tutorial on like, or did you look up like how like <laughs> nothing? Just played, with I just, just played, playing just, with just yeah, just kind of learning as I went. And you like know. any pointers, like hey, this is like the speed or the aperture. I mean, I, I'm not techie, but I, you uh, know, I'm like sure Bill. I mean, I remember lighting, when we were on that surf trip to Mexico. Kind of, he's going, any these, questions you want, ask me. And I was probably asking him stuff along the way. I, I don't even remember. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it gets pretty techy. So, yeah, but, you so know. Sure. When you decided to get off the tour, yeah, your back was kind of making you do that. Right? Yeah, like it was a big part injury. of it. Although my last my last year, I remember having some really good results, like maybe one of the better results. But I remember I didn't do as much of the tour, so you know it was more off. You you needed to do the full year yeah. to really. But yeah, and so you're on tour. You know you're getting off. What was your exit strategy and your next plan? Did you have something planned? That was the thing. I had nothing planned. And no I, way. I was racking my brain for a while trying to figure out what can I possibly do <laughs> that's not going to be a downer after the life I've been living. Yeah. You know. But. I mean, that's a. That's a. Anxiety. Going back to the lady being a, a bellhop, uh, you know. Part. Yeah. No. I, you just, know, I did have some offers like, oh, you don't want to rep our line and this. And yeah. a lot of my friends were doing that sort of stuff. And I just, I didn't really want to do that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to find something. Because you're would, like at a fork in a road. Pretty much. But, but yeah. there's no real thing to look at, right? You didn't. Yeah. You, I, going to, you didn't go to school for anything. Uh, no, I took a couple classes, and then I got on the tour. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing was, is um, one of the times when I was injured, probably when I hurt my back, one of my buddies, he was a surfer and a, and a male model, and he's going, oh, let me bring you into my agency. And his agent goes, oh, you know, you got a good look. You, we could send you on some commercials and stuff. And I go, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, dude, we, we, we need to talk about this. Yeah, yeah this, so, is, this is kind of where it comes in, right? Yeah, yeah, so they just had me take this commercial class. and A class? Like, just to learn how to audition for commercials, basically. Okay. And they put me on audition. I think I booked like a national McDonald's like that. I'm like, whoa, this is cool. Shut up. Yeah. A McDonald's commercial yeah. right out the gate? Yeah. 
it was like my first or second audition. I booked it, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And then, what was the c- commercial like? Is it on the I, internet? <laughs> I, I I don't even know. I wouldn't even remember. But I know that um, I had done a, at that point. So I I ended up getting that agent, and it was when I was still on the tour. And I remember. Going, hey, I'm home for three weeks. They'd send me on a few auditions, and maybe I would book something. Hey, I'm home for a month, you know. And even though I was hardly ever at home, I was booking like two or three national commercials a year at that point. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm serious. And like, and I, those are money. Yeah, are these speaking parts, like everything, like you're there or you're yeah, just... as a main. Yeah, not as an extra, like as a main main talent. Yeah, yeah. like so, this Big Mac's delicious or whatever, whatever. having you do. Yeah, <laughs> but I just remember like one, <laughs> you know, because now I remember how that that was tied into my surfing because I remember I came back from Brazil. And I really wanted to go to Australia, and I'm, I had lost a sponsor, and I needed a new sponsor. Mm-hmm. And my yeah, mom goes, yes, "My mom's like, yeah, my mom's like, hey, you got some mail?" And there was like a stack, and they were all like checks from the McDonald's commercial. I go, "I'm going to Australia." <laughs> yeah, just great yes. training. I mean, what you get paid like maybe like five, seven hundred between five to a thousand bucks for filming the commercial, right? Yeah, I think even more. I think it was like maybe. Fifteen hundred, two grand, filming it, and then you get these residual yeah, checks for every time it plays. Yeah, and then if they're not playing it, there'd be checks for like holding fees. So there was always some sort of residual. You know, they just kept coming in. Yeah. You know, and they just add up. And, and you're like oblivious to when these checks come in, or how much. Even in you, the country, you, you forget you even totally forgot did that I commercial. Even, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you were doing a couple. Every time you were home, yeah, I was just getting well, lucky well, and getting. So you did McDonald's. What else do you remember? Like what other? Uh, I I think I did around thirteen, fifteen commercials. I did McDonald's. I did a Zima. All TV. Yeah, I did a Zima. I did like uh, Miller Beer. I did a Cherry Coke, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And you just did it whenever you were home. Yeah, and you you never like said fuck. I should do this more. Well. When I got off the tour, I, at that point in my life, when I got I'm off the tour... I'm making more doing this than going on a trip. Yeah. I, I kind of was in this... I had this headspace where I was like, you know, what is the universe sending me? Yeah. Well, I'm getting these commercials with very little effort. Maybe that's my calling. So I started studying with acting people, and I studied for maybe four years. I got like some bit parts and some little cheesy movies. Like, yeah. I did this little B movie like a, or C movie whatever it was it was called Beach Beverly Hills <laughs> <laughs> I was the surfer dude you know and what uh, a surprise <laughs> yeah and uh, I, I would like you know I'd get woken up in the middle of the night and people would be calling me like we're fucking partying you're on the stupid movie dude <laughs> you're like oh great yeah like, okay okay <sighs> whatever but that's like the trajectory like you know get a commercial to get your name yeah, hey, yeah. this guy Becoming performs and then you know get get up you know, into a but movie. What's yeah. funny, Novak, it's like, there's so many, there's a, been a lot of surfers that modeled and got into commercials, yeah, right? Yeah. And Ted Robinson is the funniest one. Yeah. You know? I don't know if you've heard his story about modeling. I, well, I remember uh, Bruce Weber shot him for yeah. a couple of things, but yeah, yeah so I don't know if I know the whole story. His, uh, we talked about it on the podcast, but uh, he missed his heat. In Durban, uh, right? Gunston. In Durban, yeah. yeah. Uh, South Africa, okay. Right? He missed it by like 
Because they extended, the, they extended like for the shoot in New York or whatever. And he's oh. like, I gotta go. I'm gonna, you know. And he went all the way there and missed it. And he's like, I'm done. Oh, they, they made me yeah. miss my contest. He's like, oh, and right. I, I asked him, I go, dude, how much did you make? You know, uh, how much did you make modeling? Yeah, it was like a couple hundred grand. And I'm like, and you quit. And a couple hundred grand then was yeah. like a lot, a lot more now. <laughs> more than winning all those contests, yeah. or even. But, you know. yeah. but how funny is that? He was like such a surfer, yeah, and he was into pro surfing. That he, I said, dude, why don't you just do it like off season? He's like, nope, uh-uh, uh-uh no. Like it traumatized him so much. But yeah, but you know, he was always really, really into surfing because when we were really young, we were really we at one point we were like best friends. Yeah. And, and he got into trouble. I don't remember what he did, but he got into trouble and his mom shipped him out to his dad's in a what was it? Uh somewhere east. Um uh yeah, was, somewhere. Yeah, I'll think of it. It was one of those inland um yeah, but he was. I remember my mom on some occasions would drive out and pick him up and let him stay with us for the weekend, and him and I would surf, and then he'd have to go back out there, uh, wherever that was, yeah. wherever so his funny. dad was living. Yeah, he was getting, uh, he was missing too much school, not tell, like that, not yeah. telling her and fudging his grades. And that's yeah. probably why him and I ended up in the same continuation. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I got. I, mean, I don't know the NSSA thinks I got four straight A's. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, that was a brother. whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. That's Kelly Gibson's brother's grades. <laughs> um, another funny story that we talked with Buzzy Kerbox. Oh, yeah. That guy, too, right? Like, uh-huh. it was so funny because Bruce Weber contacted yeah. him, too. Oh, yeah. And and uh, said, hey, you know, we want you to shoot, you know, mm-hmm. for a catalog. Yeah. And he goes... Okay, he, and he did it, and he got paid good money to do it. Mm-hmm. And then um, they, Ralph Lauren really liked him, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you're the face of fucking Polo. Yeah, it's huge. And he 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 got the job, but uh. then he's like, when is it? He's like, and the guy goes, oh, it's you know this time. He goes, I can't do it. I won't do it. I can't do it because I got a surf contest. He's like, what? Oh, Buzz, you're telling Polo, Ralph Lauren, no? He goes, sorry, man. And they pushed it. They moved. They made their it work schedule. around his contest. Yeah, that's awesome. Because they, they've <laughs> never heard no before. Yeah, and you know, like coming and, from an outsider, which all of you guys yeah, that have yeah. done that are, yeah. you know, most people like that's their career path, and that's what they do, and they do everything they can, yeah. and they yes they, man, and then he's like, they, I, I sorry, surfing's first. I remember Bruce Weber shot uh, Scott Farnsworth too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they and um, with with uh, Buzzy. <laughs> they go, hey, we're going to pay you. We want you on retainer. Oh, wow. Right? And uh, we're going to pay you like, what, a hundred and something grand? Yeah. It was a lot. It's like a lot of money yeah. on retainer. Yeah. And he only had to work 14 days of the year. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> like, he, he got the best gig out of it. Oh, my God. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like, and look, was, we, we, and he's still doing we, it. Like, we don't want you to. We can't have this happen again. Yeah. Like, what's it gonna take? Like, we want you under contract. So when you said, he's like, well, how many? And they, they negotiated the amount of days and uh, like, you know, okay, as long as not during the Hawaii surf season or whatever. Like, I'm, you know, but he's so guaranteed. Epic. Like, he nailed a killer deal for sure. That's so. Epic. I did a, <clears throat> a Levi's commercial myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Back. 
Yeah. That's cool. This show's not about me, but yeah. <laughs> I got those residual checks too, bro. <laughs> His claim to fame is one claim to fame. I Except that one time you beat me at Pong. I think you One did. time? <laughs> bro. Talking about old Hawaii pros, that brings back a memory. I remember like... Uh, we were in Western Oz, and we surfed in a contest, and there was supposed to be another one in Sydney. And something happened with, like, a currency change or whatever, but the contest got canceled. And I remember I was hanging out with Farnsworth at the time, and he goes, hey, we're real close to Bali. I go, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> we got, like, a little over two weeks. We should just go to Bali. I go, let's go. <laughs> so we shot over to Bali. It was, like, I'm going to say 80 384 maybe damn and it was nothing but jungle and we come to find out Hans Hedeman came uh, Michael Michael Ho came and Derek Ho so it was Hans Michael Ho Derek Ho and me and Farnsworth and I, I remember we were we were eating in the only Mexican restaurant that was down in Cuda back then and it was like indoor outdoor and this bat kept flying into the restaurant and out, into the restaurant and out. And we're all, you know, having the best time having, you know, chips and stuff. And there's like, like almost no one around. Like yeah. the main street of Cuda back then, I remember it was like dirt and there was carts on the side of the road. So crazy. So crazy. And um, right as I got my food, the bat was flying in and it shat. And it, was, and it was like in my, I had purple black bat shit out of my ear, down my neck. And I, so everyone was in hysterics. I'm like, what the? F-? Inside a restaurant. Inside a restaurant. I'm like, I'll never forget that thing. Uh, the, the, the memories, you know, you have, like, you, know, you probably got spit out of 20 barrels, but that's the memory. Yeah, that's the one that sticks out the most. <laughs> well. Yeah, I know. I could never say I, I got another bat shit on me again, but that was pretty... how uncrowded was the lineups back then. Oh, I remember Farnsworth and I surfed. Um, Ula. We, we surfed Ulus. We surfed Uluwatu. It was a full moon. We surfed it till dark, and we got out of the water. And the guys in the Warong were kind of bummed. Like, what's the problem? They're going, it's dark, and we're going. Oh, we got the full moon, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And back then, you had to hike out. To this field where you'd get your motorcycle from there and it was like way bigger hike than what it is now yeah it was way deep. there's no hike anymore yeah now you just hike up the stairs yeah. or whatever yeah but yeah it was like yeah sketchy hike it was sketchy it was like a little path and then you're going into the, like the forest and you come into this field area where everyone parked yeah, these guys are like we don't like being here out there yeah they're attacked like, by the monkeys yeah we're going yeah. but we were surfing by ourselves at Ulu's, you know yeah yeah <laughs> So incredible. Yeah. So so going back to com- the com- end of your pro career. Okay. Commercials. You, you, yeah, you started money. doing commercials. You picked up a camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think the commercial door was opening, and I was getting some of those gigs. And then I I was getting, like, little photo gigs. And I was kind of doing a bit of both. But I kept thinking there was more money in the commercial stuff, so I was trying to focus on that. And... Um, I think I got to a certain point where I just remember, you know, four years into studying, my whole reality was based off of if a casting director wanted to give me a job or not. And I just finally said, oh, I can't do this anymore. I'm so done. I just, I just got out of it. Like it was just, it hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. It's it's like going on tour and losing every heat for four years. Yeah. Like, do I still want to go do this? Because you're not getting, you're not getting the win. Yeah. You know, like it's gotta be so tough. Getting jobs like that, like 
they it's like other industries too it's like if they like you or not yeah right yeah like and you could be nice to them and brown knows the fuck out of them but if they already have somebody in mind then they already have somebody in mind i remember towards the end i was like already kind of looking at it in a different way and i went i went on this audition and uh they had me read for this part and i was supposed to be some like stoner skateboarder guy and the casting director I just I just decided I was gonna fuck with her, <laughs> so I wrote like my name and phone number on this paper, and I go, "Hey, look, um, I black out sometimes because I smoke a lot of weed. This is a total fiction story." Yeah, know? and I'm like, "If I do, just call this number." And she's going, "Well, if you get the part, you're not gonna have to smoke." I'm like, "Yeah, but I might black out right now on the audition, so you know you gotta." Call. And she was like. Kind of like didn't yeah. know whether to believe me or not. And then I started laughing and they ended up calling me back because I spun her out so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, how many people audition? Hundreds. I, yeah, probably. Hundreds of people audition. So yeah. that it, it, it helps when you, yeah. I'm sure, like your McDonald's and then all the other ones kind of steamrolled you into all the other commercials you got right it totally helped yeah i mean the thing was is <laughs> I was, acting is so fucking it's it, it's weird but the one thing that was good for me was i i always grew up believe it or not more kind of quiet like i didn't want to be center stage i didn't want to like you know be the show yeah and so you want to be on the cover of a magazine uh, the surfing <laughs> stuff i was fine with but <laughs> but yeah I, I remember uh you know being in these classes where you'd have to put up these scenes and I'd be like terrified. I'm getting in front of all these people and have to do this scene. And it, it, it really broke me free. It made me kind of go, I don't care about any of that now. It was yeah. like, it was almost like therapy. Yeah. So crazy. I think for that part yeah. was good. You know? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause you know, out of your comfort zone, some people have the knack and some people have to work really hard, but yeah, you get that part you have to, you, you have to perform, so you better be ready, right? Yeah, like, for Because sure. if you don't so, perform, it's going to get around. Like, oh, that guy just freaking... So were you smart with your money, like, putting it away, too? Or Yeah, yeah. I was I was pretty frugal. You know, I would pretty much save it for surf trips. <laughs> <laughs> and a new quiver. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, I was getting boards then, so yeah. I didn't have to pay for the boards. But um, I remember... Remember when Point Break came around? Yeah. So I... I think I did two auditions and then they screen tested me for it. And I, I remember like, you know, cameras, lights, Catherine Bigelow, the director, all these people were there. Everyone's in your face. And I was so nervous. I'm like, I should have taken like a half a vow or something, then did it. But I was just so nervous. I was like, oh, and I think I was just way too nervous to get the part. But, mm. you know, it wasn't really my, my, my wheelhouse. Yeah. I wasn't, yeah. you know, but she really liked me and she, at the time, I was tall and thin, and she said, you know, she had me in a wetsuit, and she had Keanu in a wetsuit, and we're standing back with her backs to her, and she goes, Jeff's going to be Keanu's, uh, you know, stand-in. No way! Yeah, and I'm going, oh, epic, I'm going to make money just surfing. And when it came the day to start, they didn't call me, and the best of my knowledge was because I had already done those commercials, and probably she had no idea I was in SAG, and so I think... Maybe what happened was they realized they're going to have to pay me a lot more, like as a stunt double, and then they just replaced me. That's mm. my guess, but I don't know for but sure. But if you were in SAG, you wouldn't get paid double? No, or? more. No, yeah. Or because well, you were in SAG. Yeah. Because then I couldn't uh, just... Day, is day rate, everything's more expensive because you, you're, yeah. you're in SAG. I think it was... That's my guess because yeah. 
basically she said it to me like you're gonna be that guy and then all of a sudden the day came I'm like uh what are where and it was just like no you're out uh, <laughs> that's so crazy. Sucks. yeah oh well but yeah me. so but photography so that you're kind of milking that business the commercials yeah yeah you weren't like stop doing it but like no it, I did come to a point where I was just like you know I get those calls on a crowded Friday afternoon at 4.30. Can you get to Studio City by like 5.45? I'm like, probably not in traffic. I don't think so. And it's just got to be like, I just yeah. was just done with it, you know? Yeah. But um, Were you freelancing for photography? or was Yeah, you... I was freelancing and I was getting little gigs here and there. I was shooting models. I was getting whatever little advertising gigs I could do. And then, you know, Brad and I were always really close. And when... He was still on the con in, in in on the tour for a little bit longer when I got off, so a lot of times I was shooting like ads for him. Like I went to Argentina, I shot him and um, him and Donovan for a bunch of Reef Brazil stuff. Hmm. Um, I did you know some wetsuit. I think I shot a poster for him in this wetsuit company for Japan. Like I I did a lot of gigs for him. I shot some Life's a Beach ads with uh, Brad and stuff like that, and then. Um, and then I was also doing stuff out of the surfing industry. Because in my mind, I always felt like there was a lot more money out of the surfing industry. So I was trying not to just focus on the surfing yeah. industry. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah. So when I phased out the, the acting stuff, I just put all my energy into photography at that point. Yeah. And it just seemed like every year the jobs would get bigger and better and bigger and better. What a trip. Yeah. Like you fully stumbled upon a career. A livelihood. Fully stumbled on it. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, I was just trying to be open to like, what's, where's my calling? Yeah. You know? And Bill Parr was really the one that yeah. stumbled you onto it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was always artistic. My mother was a painter. And when I was in high school, I painted a lot. I remember I had this uh, art teacher and she really liked me. And I took two art classes a day and I did double the work. And she took all my paintings and put them into some like, shows and sent me some stuff that I won some art shows and stuff wow. and then she changed schools and took off with my paintings I never got them again <gasps> and I remember thinking oh later I'll get back to painting and then I got into photography and that kind of just filled the void yeah yeah that's so, so crazy like did did when you're freelancing all this was there like like a, a look or demographic like was there something you're really like attracted to or you're just like hey I just want to shoot everything like you know because it's some people are known for portraits or, or backdrops or scenes or, you know, whatever. Right. right. Yeah. Right, whatever. Like, I remember when the very beginning, it was like any gig that paid. I was shooting some weddings and making a bunch of money. And then I was shooting like actors' headshots and making a little bit of money. And then I was, you know, just whatever gigs I could get. Yeah. And then after a certain amount of time, you're like, no, I don't shoot weddings anymore. Mm. No, I don't do that. I'm just doing this. But um, there was a time when I was really into music and I was going to like all these parties and clubs in Hollywood and I remember the record labels were real big then mm. and all the bands were big then and I got into shooting like bands and album covers and stuff so big I, money there too hey, yeah like, I got real into that because you could be really creative and artistic for the album cover and you know they like that and you could get like merchandising uh, you know there's usually like a few different you know things you could cash in on yeah. when you shot a band and they got an album wow cover. so you could shoot the cover album cover but then turn you could turn merch. into like merch and then you get a 
percentage of the merch, like royalties, or, uh, or is maybe, it a flat rate? Or? Maybe usually a flat rate, yeah. but a pretty good one. But still, yeah. that's killer. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. So it was like I would get something for the album cover, something for the merch, and then something for posters maybe, and maybe and maybe promotional promotional stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's rad. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And and that's when the music scene was like they were rocks. I mean, hence rock stars. Yeah. But the money, the industry was just like yeah, could go no wrong. You know? Yeah, it was just blowing up. Like there was yeah. so much money in music back then. Pre MP three or or what's the uh, company that? Oh yeah, you know, just what was that? They're Where sharing was the free music, downloading. Yeah, Skype. Yeah, yeah. Before Something all like that. that, yeah. And it just went downhill. Yeah, it's a trip that you know you're the entertainment industry is such a trip because it's all intertwined. Yeah. And it's a network, right? And if, if you can find a niche somewhere, that'll open up other doors in other places. Yeah. Right? That's life, yeah. but yeah, there for sure, it's really clicky. Yeah. yeah. You know, like most... Because you're like doing your own thing, doing TV commercials and, and modeling, right? I didn't really do... I didn't, more commercials than modeling. Yeah. Yeah. And then started taking pictures of models or mm-hmm. actors and stuff. Yeah. And then that opens a door to something else. Yeah. And then here you are doing music. Yeah. It, it came around full circle. Do you, you know that actor Danny Trejo? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember shooting him for a magazine and we kind of became friends. I remember like hanging out with him in Venice and cruising around with him and um, he ended up he he pulled me into this other gig where it was like a kind of a more independent film and he he got the guy to let me shoot photos for that and then the guy gave me a little bit part on that so it kind of came around again what a trip and i was like oh you never know well, if it opens up great if it doesn't i'll just keep shooting and here <laughs> i was like the epitome of of chicano dude right yeah 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 i mean he was the real deal i think he did like you know jail time and everything yeah when they saw him they're like oh my god we got to put he got into some movies as a character and yeah. he just kind of took off from there yeah yeah so wild if you look up mexican gangster that's his face oh right? yeah <laughs> he was in real some deal. great movies yeah. yeah so what what like so you got the tool album cover mm. what what other like things that you know Mm, yeah. Like the bigger things, yeah, sort of Rolling Stone uh, stuff. Or so I did. I did the. Well, I did. Let's see, two Guitar World covers guitar and Elvis spread with uh, Adam, the guitarist from Tool, mm-hmm. and two Bass World covers with uh, Justin, the um, the covers and the whole spreads, everything for Tool. Um, I met uh, so. I had done some smaller gigs for Tool at one point, and they invited me to their rehearsal space where they're just they had a small group of friends and they're playing their new album like right before it went out. And so, I was at that gathering and I met this guy named David Jennison, and we were, he was you know going what do you do? I was explaining to him. He's telling I go what are you doing? He had a magazine at the time and he was telling me that he was doing a thing on Rage Against the Machine. And I go, oh, yeah, I recently shot Rage. He goes, has anyone used the photos? I go, no. And he goes, can I see them tomorrow? I go, yeah. And so I brought him up to his office, and he goes, oh, I like these way better than the photographer had. I'm going to replace his photos with yours and run it with the article if that's cool. And I go, yeah, go for it. And then after that, I ended up shooting all the stuff 
through his magazine and it kind of our relationship took off from there and then as i started working with other magazines i was able to pitch him as a writer and he was pulling me so we were kind of pulling each other yeah. into gigs for several years and that's how it should work yeah, i mean that's yeah. how think you know life should work right yeah, yeah. you know like hey you hooked me up i'm gonna hook you up but yeah we're all we're all professionals and we're all you know looking out for each other yeah so, you know? did you ever like make a company or start a, a business Make a company or start a business? Yeah. Uh, like, Jeff Novak you, Photography. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just kind of, the photography business, you know, but I didn't really incorporate or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, I must say, I'm a big fan of your um, <laughs> exploitive images. And a, yeah. And very elegant. Um, yeah, so tell us when, what, what, what are you because I, shooting Because there's now? not a lot of uh, musicians and, and celebrities. I'm just kidding. There's Lately, it's of... been a lot of beautiful, sexy women. <laughs> a little bit edgy, a little bit sexy. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, so there was a time where the, the I think the, the music industry was really big. So that was, I guess, something I was able to plug into and make money to a certain point. And then... A lot of the contacts I had, the record labels all kind of went away. Um, and I, I, I had shot a, quite a bit of fashion for a while, but I knew that was never going to be that big because fashion in L.A. is not that big. It's, you know, you'd have to be in New York, Milan, New York, Paris. Like, yeah. yeah. And there was a time where I was in London and uh, I was staying with a friend and his sister was a head booker at Elite Models. Which is huge. Yeah, and she looked through my books, and I, I think I brought a music book and a fashion book and a few of my photo as my as a photographer. Yeah, book. I'm very versatile. You know, yeah, like, here's my work. Here's my body yeah. of work. And she was like, "Wow, I gotta say, most photographers I see from America are really boring, and you're not." And I'm like, "Well, oh, thank you." And she's like, "I'll make some introductions." So she started making some introductions, and it's so funny. I guess once you're a surfer, you're always a surfer. Because I was in London, and I couldn't have asked for a better scenario. Like, all these companies are going, are you going to be around for a while? And I was so depressed that I was in this cold, dreary city and not near the ocean. I had to leave. I went to France. I started surfing. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't deal with it. Yeah. But I, if I would have stayed in London, I probably would have done quite well. But, yeah. Did you go back? No, I didn't. <laughs> I went back to LA and then so then got into the music, did that for a while, did some fashion for a while, got whatever advertising gigs I could get. I remember I did a big gig for remember that company Metrics? They had like the, the protein mess. powders yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I did this big advertising job where I made a bunch of money with them. You know, you know, I was kinda of getting whatever advertising I could get, whatever fashion I could get, and you know, I really for a few years I really wanted to shoot celebrities because I figure I want to live in L.A. And not that I care that much about shooting celebrities. But you didn't have to travel far and they're all Yeah, accessible. it made sense yeah. for living in L.A. So I ended up making an inroads to a few. Um, I built a really beautiful uh, fashion book. And then I started shooting some female celebrities. And then I started getting some magazines that were running my stuff. And then I got an agent that would syndic syndicate after the magazine was done. They would syndicate the uh, celebrity stuff, so it was kind of like being having commercials again. You get the residual checks. Yeah. So you know, at that time, the, the men's magazines were big, like the FHMs, the Maxims, all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I started huge. shooting some of that stuff a little, but a little For bit. Maxim. More, 
Um, I, I started shooting for a British magazine called Loaded. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah. 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 And um, Picked those up in the uh, airports a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So I, I remember one big gig I had with them. I shot Carmen Electra. And um, we did a... They flew out from London. I got the cover in like 10 pages. Damn. And then um, my agent sold that stuff for like seven years. It was like... In you know Australian FHM and in European just kept circulating. Yeah, it just kept circulating. I'm like, damn, this thing's paying well, you know. And it's crazy how it's like a sitcom that gets yeah. syndicated. Yeah, but it's photos. Yeah, what a trip. And you know now all those magazines have gone away. Yeah, but for a while that was a really good gig, and you know. I was still going on surf trips. I'd go to Bali. I'd go to yeah. Hawaii. I'd go to Mount Down in Mexico. Mixed business with pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that... So with all these magazines that have kind of, you know, our pastimes, you know, kind of, we, you know, they've all gone to the wayside almost, like, you know, surfing and surfer, you know, it's happened in fashion and what, what, where's the revenue streams now? <sighs> That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, I... Uh, you know, now you, you build up your social media and it's supposed to be so important, but there's not a lot of money in it now. You yeah. Know? Everyone's a photographer. Everyone has an iPhone. Everyone, you know, I have companies that will message me and they go, wow, we love your work. We'd love to collaborate. I'm like, well, we can collaborate on a concept, but I need to be paid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's a different world now. So, you know, I still get, you know, good gigs, but. It's not nearly the money that it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy just the web, you know, yeah. and everything. Like you said, everybody and the technology, you know, 10 years ago, you know, you're lucky to have a, a, a phone on your, or a camera on your phone, you know, that's barely yeah. anything. Now you take one photo, you can't even email it because the file's too big. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like. Everything's yeah. so different now. Yeah. I remember being on the freeway and like having my beeper go off. And pull over and going to a payphone, and like, and, and someone on the other line go, "What's up, bro?" I'm like, "What's going on?" Oh, I just want to say, "What's up?" I'm like, "What?" I just got off the freeway for this. Yeah, <laughs> that is an emergency. Yeah, my bat, my bat. What do you call it? The bat line over here. Like, yeah. this is not just God. And then you said, "You know what? I'm gonna invoice you. What's your fax number?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll fax you it. I'll fax you my yeah. invoice. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So I mean, I, um, I, the the photography thing went really well for a while, and it's still I still really enjoy it. I feel I if I'm not shooting or creating something, I'm just not that happy of a person. But when I'm being creative, I just feel better. So yeah, I do it because for the love, and I like the content I've been shooting lately. And um, you know, me too. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Can we plug my... Yes, we plug everything. Plug everything you want to plug. Right. We're going to plug the last that's, that's 10 minutes for. of this right. uh, this podcast about um, <laughs> your Rolodex, which I guess is your uh, your portfolio slash... Um, Instagram account? Handler here. Um, <laughs> I'm married, but I like the look. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. People We're happily get, married. People get weird with that stuff. Some people yeah. are really okay with it, and other people are like, "Oh no, I can't follow you. My wife would get really pissed." I'm like, "Really? Oh no, yeah. I no, this is it, tasteful. It's yeah, it's, it's elegant art. and art. Yeah, it is definitely the way you know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. you're. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I 
I'm trying to do stuff that's tasteful, that has an edge, and that's artistic, but yet still sexy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing so, worse or nothing wrong with celebrating, you know. Well, yeah, the I mean, human body. the human body. I, yeah, I, yeah, the I think body. the human body is one of the most beautiful things on the planet. And it's yeah. God made. You know what? What could go wrong with that? You know, yeah. it's just amazing. Um, are you? I mean, you monetize it, right? Uh, Social media. What do you mean? Do you get paid? Yeah, I get paid for gigs, but a lot of the stuff's just for the art of it too. Yeah. You know, like now everyone has to have constant content, so models need content, photographers need content, and if you're putting out beautiful images, it it kind of serves both. So some of it's that, and then others could be for companies. And, yeah. yeah. So um, product placement, you know, and product endorsements, like. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was making a lot more money before social media came around. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. We hear that a lot across. It's a trip. How it, how new platforms and innovations they 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 take over existing platforms and innovations. Yeah, and it sucks because you know you could be. I'm happy with the old killing it for a while and and you're like okay i got my world figured out here yeah this is my gig this is my gig for the rest of you know my life right and then all of a sudden boom something happens the whole know? world changes and like that's not even a gig anymore yeah yeah and then you have to pivot to kind the of, next thing kind of reinvent yeah. yeah but i think you know we've had different ph- photographers on the show what's up bro <laughs> <laughs> Different photographers on the show. Uh-huh. Um, Steve Sherman. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We had uh, Michael Voorhees. Michael Voorhees. Uh-huh. And everyone's, yeah, they're still out there, you know, yeah. hustling, making a living. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's like, you know, selling prints, you know, if you could yeah. do some some really, you right. know. Um, yeah, it's funny, though. I have friends, they'll do, you know, like a blurred sunset or a photo of the pier. And so many people that move from other states, they want huge prints or they want they want that whole wall with like a scenic or something. Yeah. They make really good money, but I just can't do it. That stuff bores me. Yeah. You know, so I just do what I like. It's got wheelhouse that you're passionate about. But. Yeah. I, I could see... I've thought about maybe doing like you know some offshoots that would just be more art, more like minimalist type art that yeah. you could print on canvases and stuff, and maybe that would have a a wider application. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's pretty popular to print on like wallpaper too for those large scale yeah, like sure. kind of like you know backdrops or you know some sort of scenery. Yeah, you know, but I don't know what kind of money that is, but yeah, I mean, I guess. You know, I remember when I had agents that represented me and stuff, the main question is like, what's the usage? So if it's going to be ads and this and that, then it would be a certain fee. If it's just going to be like, you know, now if it's just for social media and a website, maybe the fee would be this. But if it's going to be an ad campaign and billboards, it should be this much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some, yeah, standards, you know? Yeah. I mean, billboard business is... Still there, it's still big. Yeah, it's yeah. never changed. You know, compared to that. That's one thing that's still out there. Right. Billboards. Yeah. yeah. Viacom. <laughs> yeah. Clear. Clear channel. Or yeah. Clear. Get me a gig with a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. yeah. Then I'll make some money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta get back on metrics. Yeah. <laughs> They're right. still around, right? Are they? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, calendar. I did. I did I a mean, calendar and an ad campaign for him. Yeah. Nice. Well, I just meant like you know. With, you with a, your, uh, you could do a, a with calendar. Your subject matter now. What what is that race car? The, the, uh, the, the so there's a race car in Europe that has a real sexy calendar that comes out every year. It's real artistic. They have like top models. Was it Pirelli or something like that? Or? Pirelli. Pirelli. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But stuff like that, you know, a company. I seen even like a coffee company that did that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe you can do a surf one. In Europe, I think it's a little bit more accepted, like the sexier artistic stuff, than yeah. it is here. But you know, it, it goes across the beautiful board, girls right? on beautiful top twelve beautiful beaches and girls all around the, the planet. Stuff, you know? Yeah, stuff so, like that. There's right? some beautiful surfer girls now. No, I yeah. just meant like yeah, beautiful women on beautiful beaches. Yeah. There are beautiful surfer girls, but yeah. like mainstream, you know, sell like you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, these so look good as May, June, going back July, to surfing, mm-hmm. what is Novi riding these days? You know what I've been loving, and I just can't seem to get off of it for the last three and a half plus years. I'm riding these twin pins. Twin pins. Yeah, I'm just loving them. Who who shaped? Maybe it? because I was stuck on a single fin for so long. Back. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's finally but going after Evans. Yeah, nice. yeah. I do them a little different because you know, like the Michael February model they do. It's like they do that, that panel V. Yeah, and um, I've been getting them with a concave, and they they just have they're a little more lively and they have a little more squirt, and I just like them better with a concave. Mm, yeah. What size do you ride? Uh, like small small boards. I'm probably riding like a five eleven, and then I like in Bali. I, a lot of times I ride like a six one a lot, and then I'll, I have a jump a step up twin pin that's like six five that I love. But um, yeah, I. Uh, I, I was riding really small boards for a little while, and I remember seeing footage of myself like, on them, like fishy type, or just you know, small. like uh, like some of the channel on boards, like the the mini and neckbeard or neckbeard like, yeah. and those ones. I remember I had like some down to like five eight or five seven, and I saw footage of myself. I'm like, yeah, I don't like how that looks. And then I jumped up to you know five ten for a really small board. Yeah, it just looked a little better, a little more. Smoother. smoother yeah and a little more drive and not so i don't know the the way it looked when it was turning under my feet when it was that small just didn't look that good to me yeah but um yeah and i you know every every round of boards you know you're adding a little more foam a little more volume yeah trying to get in a little foam easier. is your friend yeah it seemed like they went real skinny and pinny for a while and then it's almost like the plane shapes have gone back almost towards like the 80s, like fuller, wider, yeah. more volume. I'm a fan of like 80s boxy rail. Yeah. Thick tails. Like and... those fuller, like rusty rails you yeah. used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Soft, forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a, a Xanadu. Uh-huh. And it's called, he calls it the Zip model. Okay. And it's like. A swallowtail, but it looks like that. Almost like baby, yeah. like baby dovetail. Oh, swallow. that's cool. Yeah, and yeah. it's thick. Five six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, st- that's, that's still like three inches over his head, though. You know. <laughs> 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 and then um, still we, we also ride uh, stamps, Tim Stamp Sports. Yeah. Okay. And um, he's got this model called the Spark Plug. That's like the perfect Huntington. Board. Oh really? Yeah, but the two plus what, one for me is—it's the end all be all for California surfing. What is it? Uh, spark plug? Yeah, it's performance also like, like twin. It's a 
but twin finish. Mm-hmm. But it's a th- you know it's a three fin setup. Okay. But it's a uh, two plus one setup. Oh, I see. Okay. So yeah. you have a little trailer tail with like a little stabilizer. Yeah. yeah, I I did that for a while too. I was riding the CI twin with a little stabilizer. And I have to have it. Nice. I can't just. I don't know. Root two twins are just way too skittery. Squirly. You know yeah. what's funny is I was I was doing that for a while with the twin pins I was riding. I was riding you know two good sized fins with a stabilizer for the first probably year and a half, maybe two years. And then last year, I just started getting them without. Mm. And but the side fins are even bigger. Yeah. And I noticed they're bringing them back. They're pulling them back a little bit, so they have all this drive because they're not so far forward, and they're they're not really that skitterish. Yeah. And you can still push it. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those like variations too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but twin fins for me, I can't ride backside. I have to have that third fin. Typically, twin pins or twin fins are like that. But I noticed these twin pins; they actually feel good backside. And mm-hmm. most twin fins I've ridden don't; they feel weird backside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any channels in them, or just straight no, concave? Just straight concave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of like technology now, and like the board, you know, design is there's so many good boards. You yeah, know? it's and it spins your mind out. Every every shaper has a version of this or that. And from our era, where you know you get one board and it's the glass ons, and that's the board. And now you you know switch up fins, and you know yeah, yeah. Like, it's a whole new world. It's like sometimes, so techy. Yeah, sometimes you just change the fins, and it can make a board you didn't like. You could love it. Yeah. So, uh, have you partaken in any wave pools? Yeah. Um, I went with a bunch of guys from the South Bay uh, last year, and we all surfed um, the one in Texas. Uh, Waco. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It what was, it was what'd you think? It was, I was kind of impressed for how much pr- uh, power it had for how little it was. It has, it has some push, that wave. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that learning curve, though. At first, like, you think you're going to paddle this way, but you got to paddle this way you know, yeah. towards the light post, and then it swings that way. It was kind of odd, but... Um, Still haven't had that invite to go to Slater's pool, but that thing looks like a really fun wave. Yeah, we, we've surfed it a couple times. You have? Yeah. How sick was that? <sighs> so sick. Real yeah. bad. Yeah, it's a... Uh, a lot of my I, friends have been invited. I'm like, oh, one of these days maybe I'll get an invite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lars been to both. I've only been to Slater's. Um, they're both, I mean, they're both great in their own ways, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm finally getting to get to go. Just, in May. Oh, you are? Yeah. Country Club Surf Club. Uh, Waco. Nice. Waco. Yeah. I mean, it's growing up in the beach breaks, like, you know, surfing Newport and Huntington and, and, you know, having that kind of short wedge type wave, mm-hmm. like Waco. Yeah. Has punch, you know, you could, you know, really push, you yeah. know, it yeah. has enough power to like, you know, you could, you don't have to half turn, you know, yeah. you can really lay into it, but it's just one or two turns. Right. You know, maybe three if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, super quick and short. Super quick. But yeah. you get a, you blow it. You're like, whatever, I'm on a wave in 90 seconds again. Yeah. You know, like, and that's with other people because there are so many waves. Right. Slater's wave, you're, you're one and you're thinking about like, it's so stressful. It's, you're so under pressure. Because if you blow that, and, and it's it, not another one for a while. And right? it's the, the concept and the weirdness of like you're taken off by a pier, but then like the, the, you know the, the bottom the re, you know pulls you back, and then it's ra- it's racy, and 
you're trying to identify what the wave's going to do, unless you do it a lot. Like, yeah. you know, you're repetitive. I see the guys Very on the tricky. jet ski going, okay, get ready for yeah. the barrel. Yeah. Okay, hit. And, like, they're kind of, like, you have telling to. you where you're at. Like, and, that's, and that's huge because if not, like, half the people would just, like, get eaten up or spit out. or out. And, and the tempo of the waves, everything, like... You go out on the shoulder and you're going to dig a rail because it's flat and it's just like, you know. Oh, and if you're, oh right. You know, yeah. so the, the sweet spot on the wave, it's, you know. It's 80, 80 to 85% like feel like a real wave. Yeah. And then there's it's pretty huge. Right? Like there's parts of it you're just like, uh Yeah. I'm just wondering about the future. Like are we going to be seeing stuff like that where guys are standing in tubes? I don't see why not. Uh, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's probably just that's around coming. the corner, right? That is coming. But all the yeah. ones like like Waco, whatever that technology is, Wave Garden or whatever chamber. Wave I don't Garden. Know, they're, like that's a short, you know, they, the, that facility was already there and they had a carved out space that they could put and that's as big as they could go. And then the other ones that popped up in other countries, Brazil and South Korea and... I don't even know Europe. Like, what about the one in Australia, like the Aki's one where it goes... Yeah. I heard that one's cool too. Though. I heard that one. I heard that one's insane because it creates waves for like seven different spots. Yeah, <laughs> but but I walked away from Waco going, man, if this was like a little bigger and longer, right. you know, like yeah. it's really short. Yeah, but it's you, it's killer. Yeah, you know, you're always going to critique, and, and then I you go to Slater's. I'm like, you know, it's it's kind of too long. All my friends like, that are like. <laughs> have these kids that they you know they really want their kids to get good yeah they go to waco and all of a sudden my friends are like oh my son learned how to do airs there now yeah. he can do them because he had a million waves at waco or yeah whatever, yeah you know, like well there, there's a is on a podcast uh the bomb hole was it the bomb hole i forget i forget what pod podcast i was listening to mm -hmm. but this girl um She's like 10 years old, never been in the ocean, full-on snowboarder, like really good prodigy snowboarder. Mm -hmm. And she's surfing like a, and it's to say, superstar. Really? Yeah. She's doing like and airs. And like she's never surfed before? And she's never been in the ocean. Wow. But she rips As in the waveboard. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. You're just That's like, What? Yeah, I can see, like, in the future, maybe there's, like, a world champion wave pool and a world, world, world champion in real waves. Ocean, yeah. Because like, that seems like it could spin off into its whole own sport. Yeah. Well, definitely for, like, the progressive aspect of it, you know, where you want to do the air, you know, they used to do this air shows, you know, like a, a tour of, right. you know, yeah. surfing. But, again, in the ocean, you're subject, you know, to conditions and whatever and yeah. tides and there yeah. i mean those stab highs are insane you know like it's just guys same opportunity all going crazy and it's super technical i mean at what point do you have to like call in a snowboarder or a skateboarder to call the moves because i'm like yeah. what do you call that yeah what was what, that what was that yeah triple I, lindy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's rad it's a great aspect to you know just like the big wave surfing just mm -hmm. like the tour you know there's you know the longboard the women i mean there's just there's a lot of great content within yeah. like surfing right now for sure is where it? it used to be one note like the asp tour and you just grovel it out and yeah. then that was it and then occasionally a big wave outside of you know the triple crown now there's all these like you know free yeah. surf competitions what's the stab in the dark where they ride all the different boards yeah, yeah. like that all that content's cool because i love that stuff yeah. you know you're getting great 
surfing but it also educates you and gives you like you know especially on the board and equipment like what they're riding and yeah it's cool are you doing uh are you part of any board riders club come on you know what? i'm not i'll tell you why because i spend so much time in bali i would miss most of the events yeah but um a lot, a lot of my friends are going come on man you know I, I friends of mine are asking me to surf in the one in the south bay and then you know, John and those guys are going, come up and surf in the LA, yeah. northern L.A. board riders. But I'm just, I I don't have very much interest in competing anymore. Yeah. And um, I just know that I wouldn't be around enough to make it worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. So you just said you're in Bali a lot. Yep. Do you mind talking about that? What, no, let's talk about it. Why are you in Bali a lot, bro? <laughs> Uh, well, because he, he went in '83 and saw how fucking awesome it is, and how killer it is, yeah. and how good the waves are, and it's warm. Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny when I was younger, older guys going, "I don't like surfing cold water." I'm like, "Why? It's fine, you know." But the older I get, the more I appreciate surfing in warm water, and um, you're just more free without a full suit on and stuff. So, but you know, also when California's really, really good, that's almost really, like really a, crowded. It's really crowded, but well, so is Bali now. But I mean, I just find the the quality of waves that I get in general in Bali are just so much higher than here. Yeah. And you know, when it's small, this place sucks up waves, and it's like a great day in California. You know, yeah. it's like there's always a wave there, and you know, I'm doing my best to just kind of find little nooks and crannies to get away from people, and sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but um. Well, everybody, just like anywhere, especially like North Shore and these like high profile like coastlines and stuff, just like in Bali, everybody's like, oh, you know, the X, Y, and Z waves, you know, I don't want to say them, but everybody knows them. Yeah. And you could go, you know, down the beach another mile or two and there's another little reef, another little sandbar and it's like, yeah. it's not, the, you know, the high profile, you know, right. spot, but it's like a hundred times better than it would be at home and it's warm and you're like, you know, exactly. less crowd. So. Yeah, you just got to kind of mix it up and not get trapped surfing the same. Yeah, place. I mean, last season when I was in Bali, I just kind of had a mindset where I just I was like, you know what? Because I train a bit. I go to the gym when there's when the waves are junk, you know, whatever, just to stay fit. What do you, but what do you bench? <laughs> I don't. I don't really push heavy weights. Just weight, kidding. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to. If there's even a rideable wave, I'm going. Yeah. Out. And if it's shit, I'll just have a quick surf. But I'm gonna go out as much. I push when you, when you come in and you're like, possible. "That was the worst." I'm never surfing. I'm not surfing. You know, you come in and you're like, "Okay, I got you know, didn't get the waves I wanted or whatever." I got exercise. You come in, and you're always stoked. I would say maybe one in ten times you're like, "Man, I wish I didn't paddle out." But yeah. almost that never happens. You're always like, Rarely. You get a one or two good waves. And you're like, "Oh, that was so worth it." Why yeah. was I even questioning it? You know. Yeah. That, that, and I always say it's, it's, it's the world's best non-workout. Like, you know, yeah. like when you don't surf, like, you know, you're out for a little couple of weeks. I mean, how sore is your Sucks. whole body? Yeah. Like you, you come in and you're like, you don't realize it when you're surfing it's every day. It's not like riding a bike. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Yeah. It's and not like as you bike. get older, like I just notice. If I'm not surfing a lot, you know, your takeoff, your pop-up, all that stuff starts... Timing. Yeah. Oh, I experienced yeah. that today. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good feeling. No. <laughs> but, so, but when so it's you, on, you're, you're feeling So Bali good. is your second home. Yeah. And you go there every year. Haven't missed a year in many, many years. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was like one or two months a year. And 
now it's been a lot more. You know, last year I was there six months. The during the pandemic, I went over there for nine and a half months because it just seemed better to be there than here. Yeah. And then I left Bali, and California was opened up, and Bali closed like the day after I left. So I got real lucky. But mm. yeah, I just um, I like being here for a little bit of the time, and I like being there a lot. Um, feels good for right now. Yeah. Because I'm not tied down with a family or or a specific job where I have to be. I'm just kind of going to go with it as long as I can. Do you mix business with pleasure over there? Yeah, you know, I get some gigs with photo stuff. And then, um, you know, I built a, quite a nice house there. So I rent it out when I'm gone. And then I just find when I'm there, I, there's always like, you got to replace this AC. You got to replace this. You got to fix that. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. And then um, when I leave, I try to get it get it going on Airbnb or whatever. And yeah. House swap. Yeah. I, uh, I also... Um, I inherited a couple of uh, warehouses in El Segundo and they were kind of beat down manufacturing warehouses. So over the last few years, I was able to make them a little better, more like creative office spaces. Sick. And so I've been kind of working that as well. Which a little is, more, li- less liability, more revenue stream. I haven't smaller, you know. Yeah. I mean, although it's funny, a lot of headache. I, I took a big gamble and borrowed a bunch of money and redid the biggest warehouse I had and, Right then, COVID hit, and basically they're going. Creative office is going away. And I'm going. Oh god. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's come back around, and I got a good company in there now, and they're enjoying the building. And is it right up El Segundo? It's it. It's in a little area of El Segundo that's become kind of trendy now. They're calling it like Sleepy Hollow. I it's think like, I drove by that um, a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it, it's kind of blown up over the years. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I drove by there, I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, like, pretty bitching. Yeah, there's you not know, too far from like old the main street, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just off the main street. It's kind of like these older warehouses that people have fixed up, and you know, there's everything from designers to you know ad companies to a lot of people are moving out of Santa Monica and Venice and going there. Yeah, and it's, yeah, like tor- tor- inland torrents and stuff's got like a little vibe going yeah. too. Like yeah. any- anywhere where like all that old manufacturing and warehouse. You're like right up the road from El Porto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. El Segundo is like yeah, you're, yeah. And you know, a, uh, just Hay- down Hayden from- has a factory in there now. Okay. Um, uh, LA Times left downtown LA. They got they got something in El Segundo now. I don't know. It's got. It had I left a little- my wallet in El Segundo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it has a little... You know, one thing I like about El Segundo, it hasn't changed as much as the other parts. It's almost like this little sleepy town that still has a little bit of its original character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you, man. So when is Novi off to Bali? Pretty soon, Hopefully huh? real soon. I'm trying to like finish up taxes and uh, a little bit of work, and hopefully end, end of this month, beginning of May at some point. I'm working on my visa right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, go get some warm water and some good waves, man. Yeah. yeah I'm going to do my best. <laughs> well, dude. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That was this awesome. has been awesome. You want to plug anything else or? Uh, well, I guess throw my Instagram out there. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? It's uh, Jeffrey Novak. At Jeffrey Novak. J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Novak. Okay. N-O-V-A-K. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You don't do weddings. 
Not really, no. <laughs> Not maybe, unless he has to. <laughs> maybe if it was a really high-profile person, it was really worthwhile, but no. Nah, no. In Bali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Well, we're going to plug some stuff, too. Okay. Got some shade sunscreen. Oh, awesome. I for love your this sun stuff. protection. That will work out in Bali. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Strider Wazalewski. And if you're going to be... Uh, Around Orange County. Uh-huh. We're back to Hawaii on the North Shore. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, oh there bowls. Love that. Yeah. Where is it down here, by the way? Uh, Huntington. On Fifth Street. Yeah. I'm going to leave this in my car, and when I get out surfing, I'm going to go here. That's it. Go. That's yeah. that's the best Bonsai meal. Bowls. Thank you. Best meal. Live life in the bowl. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we got... Late night with Chalky sticker. What? Hat with Chalky oh, hat. Oh, right. I'm all, I'm all geared up. And uh, hopefully, you know, the next time we do this, mm-hmm. well, I'm sure we'll have you back on. Okay. Um, we'll have some Shoots beer for you. Yeah. Or like, some is that, is that a new coming sponsor? Yeah. Yes. They, well, I, they, they've been sponsored for a little while. Okay. We, just go, we just go through more than they give us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hence, uh, we need more yeah. uh, for our guests and yeah. our podcast. There you go. Yeah, but hey, are you guys looking for sponsors for the always. show? Always. Oh, really? Yeah, always. Okay, I'll keep my eyes and ears open. For yeah, that. I like that. Yeah. Hell yeah! Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. this has been Jeff. awesome, and congrats on all your success. And yeah, uh, go well, get barreled and rip the shit out some ways in Bali. I'm gonna do my best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we all gotta keep moving as best we can. That's right? it. Yeah. yeah. Peace. Bonsai bowls, hands down, the best bowls. Period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii. Five in Southern California, Bonsai Bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. sunscreen. (laughs) Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best ickiest stickiest wax in the game foo wax late night with chalky is supported by inherent bummer surf entertainment thoughtful writing surf videos music and fresh hell for the core surf community remember it's not the end of the world subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed the show please give us a five-star rating and spread the word Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.